There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the posse. Okay, girls, get ready. Now, let's see. It's a new list here. Get your fan, your mister... What's this? Get your extra, no, get your box of cleaners and your extra big box of wipes. What's about, what's that about? Then Wait, on, let me start again. Wipes. I'm distracted by Lois. Hang on. <laughs> well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Miltrax Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the posse. Girls, get ready. Get your mister, your fan, your box of cleaners, and your extra big box uh, package of wipes. Because a very famous one one is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Mm -hmm. Glad to be here tonight. Now, um, let me just talk about your wardrobe very quickly, okay, because we have a guest who's in a hurry. You have a uh, neon blue <laughs> shirt on. You have, uh, you have uh, oh, Stones. Okay, Stones. Is that the, uh, is that the summer color? It's the Stones uh, in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Okay. But does it, oh, in Buffalo. Right? So they have snow on the ground? That's the Buffalo Bills logo. Uh, oh, wow. And you're walking around with that, huh? Good for you. Uh, up there. Yeah. Kind of Foxborough that year. Huh? No, no. Uh, uh, speaking of, uh, how should I go? What's the gazeta? I don't know. I'm just going to say up there in the great state of Maine, where I'm sure the Stones have played many, many times. And his bunker saluting us, looking out at the slits of the rest of us, is they go home as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra. Thank you, Mac. And thank Hello, you for joining the wing and join the formation with this fine stellar group. The chicken wing. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And I'd like to note early in the program before it's banted around in cheap fare that you had outstanding numbers last week in the download of the show, and I was Wait. not on it. So let's well, see that's, what uh, that was two week. weeks ago there. Okay. Talk about You were sorely missed for sure. Thank you. One more thing. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to. All right, uh, that's the FBI listening in on us. Uh, let's go uh, to our national correspondent up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, now becoming the star of the show for many odd reasons. Switchblade Steve White. It is great to be here. Is it? Okay. All right. And and, and how are you? You're sure about that, Switch? Uh, I am beyond wonderful. Beyond wonderful, right. the name of the biography. Okay. Let's get down the list. Uh, listening in on us for the second week in a row for reasons he really doesn't want to uh, explain, uh, put in writing. Our security chief, Willie Club, is there. Willie, how you doing? Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Okay. Hey, Looking forward to another big show. A big show? Okay. That hopefully. A that's... shoe, as they used to call them. Okay. Mighty big shoe. The shoe. Mighty big shoe. shoe. There you go. That's all. Here's a barrel mask. And also. Gitobo Chijo tonight. And there he is. Who called the Beatles? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they are. Where'd they come from? Yeah. Uh, also joining us is, um, and, uh, and, and, and taking time out of a very, very busy day is. Uh, Lois Lane is with us. Lois. Let's Lois. pretend to clap. Let's pretend to clap and we'll put it in. You know when. So how's it going with clock camp these days? Don't get into that. 
Things Hockey. are just peachy. Peachy. Oh, is always like peachy. Super? No, well, then all it's... <laughs> That's it's, it's, a lot of laundry. It depends. <laughs> depends if I get a call from the commissioner. Uh, anyway, uh, so, Lois, how are you doing? Everything okay with you? Everything is just dandy. Okay, all right. Um, how could it not be married to you, Matt? <laughs> exactly. I thought we're not supposed to talk about that. Like John Lennon didn't want to say he was married. Superman. He be. missed that meeting. It was not on the list of things not to talk about. You missed that meeting as well then, there, my friend. That's okay. Well, maybe I just push ratings I'll, up forward now. I'll send you the notes. I'll <laughs> send you the up. notes. So anyway, listen. So we've got some uh, uh, unusual fan mail and uh, things have come across our desk uh, in the past week or so. So we've dragooned Lois to uh, read uh, a fan letter and then just a, a really nice story that uh, came to us, Compliments of Coco. So why don't we get into this very unusual fan letter? We just got today right before I was uh, leaving for the show. I sent it out to everyone under the headline, It's Dylan in the Back of the Donut Truck All Over Again. Let that sink in. Okay, Lois, please tell us tell us what happened. All right. Well, we received this email, and I would put it under the category of a fan letter, wouldn't you? Yes, it's a fan. It's a, definitely a fan chain or something, right? The beginning okay. of a fan chain. But so, anyway, go ahead. So uh, let me read it, and you'll see what we're talking about. Hi, Mac and gang. While listening to the recent um, July 29th, 2020 episode of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, this burning question was asked. How important is the controversial what did you have for breakfast today portion of the show? Right. Well, pretty darn important, at least to some of us. <laughs> Here's a nice glowing thing about Switch thing that I did for him a few weeks ago. No idea if he has cashed in on it yet, but I sure hope he has. And yes, as a former employee of Sweetwater Donuts, I can attest their donuts are that good. I've got your back, Switch. Sincerely, Scott K. Okay. Wow. Yeah, there's an email now, but there's a follow-up. Go ahead. Continue. That's, that's, not, that's yeah. not all. Go ahead. So, in an email submission to Sweetwaters. So, he writes to the donut shop. He's writing to uh, him. Which one? Uh, the, 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 you'll Battle say, Creek or Kalamazoo? Uh, you'll say Battle Creek. Okay. You'll see. Okay. Uh, it says, um, so, on an episode of Boston-based podcast, Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, <laughs> <laughs> Lois Lane saves the world again. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I was in a title. Well, um, the show's national correspondent <laughs> based in Battle Creek, Steve Switchblade Ward, plugged Sweetwater's Donut Mill, Battle Creek, Creek location, and praised two delicious and well-proportioned donuts he had had for breakfast. A chocolate frosted raised and maple frosted raised. For the good press and praise, you should all buy that man a donut the next time he pops in. Sincerely. K. And now, are you ready for this? Reply from Sweetwater. The donut shop writes back. Really? Yes. Okay. Thanks for the heads up. We will certainly try to do something nice for him the next time he stops by. Oh. Sweetwater's management team, Sweetwater's Donut Mill, Battle Creek. Wow. And the, and the name of the gentleman, Scott? Scott Cool. Yeah, Scott, uh, I, have just, I have it. He just signed it with a K. Yeah, I have oh, Scott it. Scott K. Well, yeah. thank you, Scott K. Yeah. That's really thoughtful. Yes. How about that? Nice. Yes. He's uh, got your back. I guess so. back when it comes yeah. to donuts. But and and here, after all these years of being on Mac Show, I have I have touched someone. Now think about it though. Now, you haven't just touched someone. You've touched someone who owns a donut shop. Okay, that's a little bit different. <laughs> uh, club, I think. Okay. I think for all the the plugs you're giving them, they should send you guys donuts. The first, the first, the first question. A sponsor too. We're going to call them later <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. How about that? Maybe yeah. that you can all get T-shirts to match. Yeah, there you, you go. Spots. See what's going on here, club. Like, because I said that the club this afternoon, he wrote back, says, we should get them as a sponsor. And I wrote to him and I said, can you mail donuts out? Can you mail donuts out? Will donuts stay fresh enough in the mail? 
Sure. No, you gotta do. Specific. They ship everything today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we get fish coming from Alaska. Oh, that's true. Uh. So if you well, gave out gift certificates, then you I get the, one right here. the donuts right from Sweetwater. So how? I never how, heard of the sweet, Sweetwater. Sweetwater is uh, in Battle Creek. Well, there's a, there's a chain of them. I don't know how many altogether, but there's one in Kalamazoo also. Oh, okay. So wow. um, why don't we do this? You know, we lost touch with Coco, maybe because of the hurricane. So everyone just sit tight. We're going to take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back with the family. Okay, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks. So I'll show you here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. Where is the Sea of Moons? Is it on the moon? Or in a haunted part of the Pacific Ocean? Or is it just in our heads? What if you dreamed of meeting a beautiful Irish girl, but she turned out to be a cop? What if you dreamed that you were on TV 24-7, but only the government knew the channel? And what if you dreamed you were shipwrecked on a deserted island and rescued by five lovely castaways, only to have some real pirates ruin the party? Then you should wake up and read The Sea of Moons, the latest installment in Mac Maloney's best-selling series, codename Starman. Follow the adventures of U.S. Navy Special Agent Chris Starr as he travels the globe using his special ESP powers to solve top-secret mysteries, first in Ireland, then in Tahiti, and finally to Hollywood, where Chris and his girlfriend Angel discover the only spooks inside an old haunted house belong to the CIA. That's Codename Starman, The Sea of Moons by Mac Maloney. On sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce the members of the posse. Up there in Hurricane Town, New Hampshire, up near the lake, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Girls. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Gonna have a good time. I mean, yeah, no, you're gonna have a good time. You know time, that? Right? You're psychic. We know that. Uh, Coco is out in the wings somewhere. We don't know. Maybe we'll bring him in on the fly. But up there in Battle Creek, Battle Creek of the Republic, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Great to be here. She is here. Uh, also, snooping, I don't want to say snooping, but listening in on us for the second week in a row, our security chief, Willie Club. Willie. Hi, Mac. Whitey, Hi, Willie. folks. Okay. Looking you're, forward to another big night. You're not in your Whitey outfit tonight with, with, the, with, the, with the white Red Sox hat and the, and the, and the glasses? You've, well, it's too early. Not in the moon. Okay. All right. We'll take a ride down Castle Island, if you know what I mean. Uh, awesome. You're a member of Actors Guild, so you can be called when they make another movie about them and then they, be, they pick you as the, you know. the lead. Are you available? Uh, really? <laughs> Always available. Always. Okay. Definitely. Also joining us, uh, busy po- uh, yeah, a busy day for this uh, person, but she's taking a piece of her busy day and uh, devoting it to us. The very level- lowest lane is here. Lois. Hi, everybody. Everything Hi, okay with you? Everything Lois. okay with you? Everything is just peachy. Hmm. Okay. Now, you said you weren't going to get dolled up, but yet you are dolled up. So please explain. Uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt, and I didn't even okay. do well, Some guys whatever. like that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not dolled up. No. But you can leave it to your imagination. If you think this is dolled up, good. Well, well okay. we have a movie yeah, star on the show right. tonight. That's why. Okay. No, this, uh, joining us uh, early, but as it turns out, he's going to just spend a little bit of time with us, um, is uh, Vic Mania, right? No, say it right there, Vic. Manana. Vic Manana. Is that right? Manana. Manana. Italiano, huh? Okay. All right. But can we call it, but we know you as Victor Wap. Is that offensive? That's right. Uh, okay. <laughs> You're free to call me Victor Wap. Wow, huh? Okay. Someone else just left us. But but um, uh, where did you, I mean, I, I should explain to people that, um, and we'll explain why you're on the show, but but I guess our emails were kind of not crossing in the mail because 
your email name is Vic the Wop, and they were you know dropping into my spam spam folder because I must have a politically correct spam folder. I'm assuming <laughs> from GoDaddy. GoDaddy, by the way. Would that well, you it? you would be the first. If, okay, if, all right. Well, I really went into the spam folder because the WOP was in the middle of my my email <laughs> name. You would be the first. Okay, all right. Well, you never know these days. So, Vic, uh, thanks for joining us a little bit early. Just tell people about uh, about you. Now that I have a a visual on you, and I realize that you actually play Captain Kirk, I kind of see it now. If you know what I mean. I uh, do you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There you go. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been a voice actor for about 20 years. I've done a lot of uh, animation, video game voice work. Mm -hmm. And uh, about seven or eight years ago now, uh, I decided that I wanted to fulfill my childhood dream of playing uh, a character that I loved when I was a little boy. And so mm -hmm. a bunch of friends of mine and I got together. We rented a building in South Georgia. We rebuilt all the sets from the original soundstage of wow. Star Trek, just like the one I think that's our captain's quarters that's behind Space Ranger behind right switch, now. Behind Switch, behind Switchy, right? Yep. I, I'm pretty sure that that was uh, actually a still image that we shot from our very first episode. Oh, sounds like a lawsuit. Um, sounds like a lawsuit, Switchy. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll all of a sudden it. it's gone. No, okay. no, don't switch it. Go back. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm in the transporter room in case I got to get out of here. Yeah, right. uh, so, wow. Um, so, the, the, you're real committed fans to do something like that. Well, you you have no idea, actually. We um we we got a bunch of people together. And we made an episode as best as we could, uh, kind of continuing the feel mm -hmm. of the original Star Trek series. And okay. people really enjoyed it. So we ended up making 11 full-length episodes. Wow. Uh, we've got over 10 million viewers. Um, it picks up right where the original Star Trek in the late 60s was canceled. Okay. And then it finishes the five-year mission and leaves everybody, including the Enterprise, right where they were when Star Trek the motion oh, picture came out. Very cool idea. And the mission is over. Now what type of thing? Yeah, but I mean, you know, Star Trek, the original Star Trek was arguably one of the most iconic series in television history. It is. And it was just canceled. I know. Yeah, I mean, we it, talk it, about it a lot. Yeah. It had no ending. It, yeah. it had no closure. Yep. yep. So what we did was we gave it a proper ending. That's great. Yeah, that's oh, cool. That's great. Here's Captain Kirk calling right now. Right, Exciting. Yes. Oh, you need to go see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see it. So how do we find it on YouTube? Because I'm going to watch Star it. Well, it's not just YouTube. Star Trek Continues.com. Star Trek Continues.com. Okay. All 11 episodes are there, completely free to watch. Mm -hmm. Super, super high production value. Mm -hmm. uh, most people, can, uh, any Star Trek fans, pretty much consider them canon. Rod Roddenberry, Gene's son, mm -hmm. has been on our show and told us that if his dad were alive, he's quite certain he would consider them canon. Well, that's a good compliment because he was quite uh -huh. a guy. He was a giant yeah. of a guy. You can, yeah. uh, now, so, yeah. so do you have to get licensing or their approval? What do you have to do? You know? No, see, that's the, that was the beauty of it. We didn't do this for profit. We, we <laughs> didn't do this to make any money. Uh -oh. We did it basically just to say thank you. Really? So that, that means you must have, you must have money. You must have money then if you didn't do it for money, right? Well, no, I actually, well, you know what? Funny you should ask that. Uh, I paid, I paid the lion's share of the money uh, to make the first episode. Okay. I paid to fly everybody down. I paid to put them in hotel rooms. I paid to buy them food every day because it was my dream. Yes. And I felt like you know it was the it was the quintessential put your money where your mouth is. Yes. Kind of thing. So I paid for the first one, but then after it was so well received, we launched crowdfunding campaigns, Kickstarters, wow, huh? or, as we like, or as we like to call them, Kirkstarters. <laughs> and uh, and we ended up receiving enough to make 10 more full-length, really? hour-long yeah. episodes. And you guys, we've had guest stars from Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who, Buck nice. Rogers, 
Incredible. Oh, I know you're going to sell Farscape. We're sold now. Okay. Oh, great. All right. Star Trek it's continues, excellent. right? Star Trek continues. Star Trek continues.com. Club, you have a big fan club. Yeah. You know, uh, just to let you know, Vic, uh, I watched episode one tonight. That's, is that the one with the green emerald rock or whatever that is? I think that was uh, episode Yeah, one. that was actually a sequel to an original series episode. And the right. guy who played Apollo in the original episode reprised his role. Wow. In fact, I, I got very nervous when you uh, fired at that with five seconds left. And we knew there were uh, humans inside there. That's a... yeah, I'm, not well, give, I'm not going to tell you more, but I do just want to say, I can't believe how you uh, closely resemble the young William Shatner. Wow. Even your hairline in that. Did you wear a particular hairpiece? Because it looks no hairpiece. Oh, don't say this that. Is, this is I mean, your hair all looks me. different in the show. Okay, it looks exactly so. like uh, I remember. Shaq you didn't want to. Uh, you didn't want to pay tribute to your uh, your hero when we were headpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, okay? Let's be frank here for a second. Does it bother you at all that he's you know kind of well known as a dick in Hollywood? Oh, <laughs> uh, it does not bother me, no, because mm -hmm. I love Bill. Mm -hmm. We've, uh, okay. Well, you either love him or you. together. But why did we've, had the, we've yep. had the chance to do a lot of event appearances and signings oh, okay. together? All right. We have the same. Uh, we have the same booking agent. And, okay. Uh, oh, well, I love the go. guy. I mean, okay. He was my hero when I was a little kid. Right. Yes. But I mean, he does have a reputation, though, a little bit, right? He must know yes. that. I think he. I have, cert I have certainly heard that. And like, I think he kind of fosters it in a way, you know, because he really has that <laughs> I don't care attitude, and and you know, and that's just how it is, you know. Well, well he has, you know, he has a right to be. I know. How many people can go to bed saying I'm? Captain freaking Kirk. Well, we know so you can. <laughs> you and Bill. Yeah, yes, but can you say I'm TJ Hooker? There you go. I Is that next? Can. Will you do TJ Hooker reruns? Do you think? I can't say that. I can't. Okay, give us a little. Let give us a little captain here. Come on. No, 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 no. See, now I have to. I have to say something about that. Okay. When we decided we were going to make Star Trek continues, yes. I purposed in my heart that I was not going to mimic or mock or parody uh, the idea of Shatner because I loved him okay. and I loved that character. And I wanted to pay genuine tribute to it. So okay. I constantly rode the line as close as I could yes. to, to embodying w what it was that Shatner brought to that role okay. without being too stereotypical. <clears throat> well, if you read these uh, you know, history books of Ostasha, he brought the weed, it sounds like. Wasn't that kind of the plan? <laughs> He did. <laughs> he what? Oh, oh, is this revisionist history here? Never mind. Hold on. So, so well, uh, that I think it's great because we've we've uh, because we've we've just in the past uh, three or four months we've talked to a lot of Star Trek connected people. And when you say it's the icon, one of the most iconic TV shows, it is the iconic TV show. I mean, I it agree. really is. Uh, do, do, do you know Mark Cushman, the guy that's very well? Yeah, I, I was the one that. I did the audio book for his. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, okay. I've got that. No. I haven't listened to it. Yeah, I've got, I've got the, uh, th well, I've got the four yeah. volumes now. Well, but I also have, I have the audio for the first one. That yeah, I you need to listen to the audio book because well, I brought in, I brought in 70 or 80 uh, people to some of them, oh. in, in some cases, the original people that were part of the show. I, I, really, I know it's yeah. a huge production, but uh, yeah, okay. really okay. very cool. Coco. Yeah. And uh, we had, now tell me the name of the gentleman we had on that played the Gorn. Bobby, oh, Bobby, Bobby Clark. Clark. Yeah, we had him yeah, on. He, yeah. he was on. Uh, Bobby Clark did a little ago. cameo in one of our episodes. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's a really, really. <laughs> he really seemed to enjoy himself. Yeah, he, he interesting guy. He's a, guy. he's a cowboy really? who was in the movies. I mean, he's a cowboy who went in TV in the movies. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Him. So listen, um, if you ever want us to hang around, we do have this segment. Uh, it's a second uh, fan letter. And we're going to have uh, not a fan letter. It's actually an essay that came across Coco's desk, came across our desk. We thought it would be nice if she kind of read it. You ready there, around Lois? I am. Okay. So a couple of weeks Straight. ago, you guys had a show about um, James Bond. The 007. Remember that? Yep. Yep. Okay. The weapons of 007. Go ahead. And as a result, somebody wrote this very sweet story. Um, 
and shared it with Cobra. And I'm going to read it to you now. There you go. So as a seven-year-old in about 1983, in the days before first-class lounges at airports, I was with my granddad in France, Nice Airport, and saw Roger Moore sitting at the departure gate reading a paper. I told my granddad I'd just seen James Bond and asked if we could go over so I could get his autograph. My granddad had no idea who James Bond or Roger Moore were, so we walked over and he popped me in front of Roger Moore with the words, my grandson says you're famous. Can you sign this? As charming as you'd expect, Roger Moore asks my name and duly signs the back of my plane ticket. I'm ecstatic, but as we head back to our seats, I glance down at the signature. It's hard to decipher, but it definitely doesn't say James Bond. My granddad looks at it, half figures out that it says Roger Moore. I have absolutely no idea who that is. And my heart sinks. I tell my granddad he signed it wrong, that he's put someone else's name. <laughs> so my granddad heads back to Roger Moore. Oh, 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 oh sorry. <laughs> he heads back to Roger Moore holding the ticket, which he's only just signed. I remember staying by our seats and my granddad saying, he said you signed the wrong name. He says your name is James Bond. Roger Moore's face crinkled up with realization and beckoned me over. When I was by his knee, he leant over, looked from side to side, raised an eyebrow, and in a hushed voice said to me, I have to sign my name as Roger Moore because otherwise Blofeld might find out I was here. He asked me not to tell anyone that I'd just seen James Bond, and he thanked me for keeping his secret. I went back to our seats, my nerves absolutely jangling with delight. My granddad asked me if he'd signed James Bond. No, I said, I got it wrong. I was working with James Bond now. Nice. So, right, but yeah. it goes on. So many, many years later, I was working as a scriptwriter on a recording that involved UNICEF, and Roger Moore was doing a piece to camera as an ambassador. He was completely lovely, and while the cameramen were setting up, I told him in passing the story of when I met him in Nice Airport. He was happy to hear it, and he had a chuckle and said, well, I don't remember, but I'm glad you got to meet James Bond. So that was lovely. And then he did something so brilliant. After the filming, he walked past me in the corridor, headed out to his car, but as he got level, he paused, looked both ways, raised an eyebrow, and in a hushed voice said, of course I remember our meeting in Nice, but I didn't say anything in there because those cameramen, any one of them could be working for a Blofeld. <laughs> there you go. See, you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be a jerk to be famous. You know what I mean? I'm not picking on him. <laughs> I'm not picking on Bill Shatner, but I mean, there's, there's, a, and you, you probably know more than anyone, Vic, that there were just celebrities out there that did their jerks for the sense of, uh, well, just yeah. for being well, jerks. Can I, can I tell you what? Can I, can I share my quick thoughts yes. on that with you guys? Yes. And I'm not talking about Bill because I love Bill, but in general, the idea of some celebrities are really great with people and some are dicks. Okay. Here's why. Just because somebody has a talent doesn't mean they're a good person. Bingo. Okay. Just because you can throw a ball seventy yards oh. doesn't mean you should be a you should be a role model. Wow. Just because, you can, just because you can sing really good doesn't mean that you're a good person. Okay. You know, just oh. because people have certain talents doesn't make them people of, of quality or integrity. Or some of these people kind of fell into an opportunity and they have no business interacting with fans uh -huh. because they don't really like people that much. You know, but you know, just because they have a talent for something doesn't mean. That they're the right kind of person. But shouldn't they be grateful? Looking up to them. Shouldn't they be grateful for their success? 
Oh, dude, don't get me started. Oh, that is yeah, the okay. word of the century. Okay, all right. That has been so horribly lost in this culture. Yeah. Gratitude. Okay. Gratitude, gratitude. Wow, huh. I agree completely. Now, where are you? Where are you, Vega? Are you out in LA or are you down in Georgia somewhere? Uh, no, I'm in Dallas, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Good town. The sniper yeah, capital of the world. I right. love it, love it, love it. Yeah, I'm really? I'm in a recording <laughs> studio here. I'm working on an audio book. Uh, but it's uh, it's a deathbed of presidents, isn't it? <laughs> It's called the graveyard. The graveyard. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, can no. I ask you what what other kind of audio books have you done? If, if we well, were to, you know, to tune very, into audible.com, do you do some of those? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, um, the first one I did was the These Are the Voyages, oh, yeah. book one, and it was a monstrous undertaking. Yeah, monstrous. yes, yes, I, I yes. Believe it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but we got people in there like Dorothy Fontana came in and read her own uh, excerpts. Nice. Um, Joe D'Agosta, the casting director. Adam yep. Nimoy came in and read his oh, dad's good. excerpts. Chris Dewin came in and read his dad's excerpts. And we had a lot of great people um, involved in that. So you, you really paid tribute to Mark's book because that's a monster book. Just oh, yeah. one book by the book itself is, cool, is so yeah. well done. Yep, I agree. Yep. Yeah, it was a year a year long process. Oh, you can see that actually. You know, because uh, you know we've had Mark on a couple of times. I'm amazed at the research and the detail that he gets into those books, those seasoned books. Oh, yeah. uh, unbelievable. So listen, yeah, and I need to tell you, Matt. Um, yes, Mark Cushman. Uh, not only acted, he contacted me hmm. shortly after our third episode of Star Trek Continues. I didn't know who he was, cool. and he contacted me and just wanted to work on our production because he loved the quality of our production. That's good. So he he was our script consultant. Oh, good. And then uh, I gave him the story idea for our fifth episode, and he actually wrote the screenplay for episode five. Wow, nice. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He also did a he book is, on the Mooney. Yeah. In answer in answer to your question yes. too. Uh, um, I have a, a book on Audible right now called In Plain Sight. Uh, it's it's doing very well, getting a lot of great reviews. And I'm, who's the author of that? Uh, Dan Willis. Dan okay. Willis, one one might know him. And uh, and I'm in the middle of, of recording a book called The Crimson Spark by William Hastings. Oh wow, huh? Yeah, yeah. So really, this, really wonderful book. So Vic, we know you, you do one of Max books. That's uh, they're on the contract. Sorry, there, funny. I mean, Coco. <laughs> Uh, here they are calling me now, my great, agent, right away. You need to this? do Warheaven. Yeah. That you need Let's to do just talk off. We'll talk off. Okay. Oh, that's Shatner's book, isn't it? No, no it's, it's no. Max. Wow, see? Early, 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 Max. early career. That's early why I don't, wanna, I don't want to talk about this on the air. So listen, why don't we take a break now? And uh, and we'll regroup. All right, we got to say goodbye to Lois. We have to say goodbye to Lois, but please, oh, goodbye, Lois. Things clap I can't for her. I was studying my, my, my stuff, and I, and I don't have that on here. Warheaven's off topic. <laughs> wow, okay. You've got to come to more meetings, Cobra. How many times yeah. are you going to zap the power at the compound, Mac? Well, we know where the donuts go. the NSA that are controlling what's going on up here. You know, I actually wasn't at the meeting, but I get these telepathic messages. I hear Mac's voice. You're really, wow. Time. You're in the right well, crowd. Hey, hey Mac. Yes. I've, I've got to run Check to my lock. live stream. Yes. I want to tell everybody where they can join us after the live stream. Where should I tell them to go? Uh, tell them right now. You mean where? Yeah, well, you're coming back at 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Yes, I am. I will be back, but I want to let the fans that I'm about to talk to. Oh, tell to them. Well, well so we're a taped show. We're taped. They'll hear it a week too late. Oh, okay. Okay? okay. All right. No but worries. I will uh, see I will you in a little while. Lois, nice to meet you, Lois. Nice to meet you, too. Wow. But you can't tell Mac Maloney's military X-Files. There's Just seven people in the room, he says. And they won't find it. There, there you go. go. Mac Maloney's military X-Files. There you go. Yes. 
Alrighty, I'll see you back at okay. 7.30. Vic the WAP, right. everyone. Vic the WAP. We'll see you soon. Bye. See you then. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Vic. We'll and goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Lois. Lois. Okay, Lois. Lois. Well, Lois. Enjoy that meeting, Lois. That's my meeting. That's me. That meeting. Here I come. Here we she go. has to go to some star reporting somewhere. Yes. Get us back to school, Lois. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> All right, so Bye, when guys. we do this, all right, we'll see you soon. And you're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks Off Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show uh, we have for you tonight. And you know what's interesting is that as we're recording this, well, not this, but uh, most of the show you're listening to, uh, there's a hurricane going on overhead, and there's also a threat of tornadoes just to make it even more fun. So it turns out that we may have uh, missed the very beginning of this segment. So I'm recording a bridge, as they say in the biz. Uh, on with us is our good friend Phil Orbanes. Out down there in uh, where all the rich people live in Cape Ann, correct, Phil? <laughs> well, I count I count my pennies. <laughs> yeah, well, you have a very nice place down there. You have a um, yeah, I do. Thank you. Uh, I know you've you've been a guest here. Yep, and and just right out there in the water, and um, you can see for miles. It was beautiful. Really nice location. How long have you been yeah. there? Uh, now fourteen years. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And it's 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 is that in Gloucester, close to Gloucester? Well, it's the it's Magnolia, oh. which is a second section of Gloucester. Okay, um, and um, yeah, we're pretty happy here. Thank just, you. Just for the people who don't know, if you live in Magnolia, it's like you're, you're too rich to live in Gloucester, right? Let's. Well, let's... The, the reason why it's named Magnolia it turns out is because this is the furthest north that magnolia trees actually bloom. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's how it got its name. Oh wow. Okay. All right. There's a lot of Cape Ann. There's the Cape Ann part of uh, Massachusetts. It's north of Boston. A lot of really it sticks interesting. out into the ocean. Right. Cool towns. Cool little things. Uh, you know, Rockport is cool, and uh, that whole kind of um, Anasquam is kind of neat. Uh, so uh, this is an ad for the uh, Cape Ann Tourism Club. And so is Plum Island. Plum Island? Yeah, we, we want to keep people off of Plum Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't <laughs> anyway. go to Plum Island. Right, you might right. encounter Max. It's closed. Uh, so anyway, so listen, so um, uh, let's get into this uh, subject we've been talking about off air. And um, uh, it, it, what it has to do, and I know you've written a book about this, where um, during World War II, people would come up with these kind of ingenious ways to, like, uh, you know, do secret missions, special operations, escape plans, and stuff. And and basically, what they were doing was that they, through the um, Red Cross, they would send monopoly games to our POWs in Europe, uh, you know, under uh, you know lock and key with the Nazis. And in the pieces and in the little secrets, little hidden in these in the game boards and in the materials, it actually helped some of our POWs escape. But how's that for the elevator pitch? Okay. So you want me to take it from there? Yes, please. All right. So Monopoly X is the name of the book that I uh, am just about finished writing. Uh, it's the complete story of Monopoly's role in subterfuge and espionage during World War II, which is largely unknown. And uh, the reason for the name Monopoly X uh, and the organization behind this ingenious scheme, I'm going to talk about later. But it occurred to me that the the best way to really introduce the effectiveness of this great deception, this great use of monopoly, is with an actual escape. And the actual escape that I want to talk about is the first successful return to England of a British soldier in early 1942 named Airy Neve. 
Nice. Now, Airy Neve, most people in this country probably have never heard of, but he had a profound life um, with a very faithful conclusion many years after the war. But it all began because he was able to escape Colditz Castle, mm-hmm. return to England, and perform a very important role uh, for the secret organization that sprung him out. He was enabled on his escape from Colditz with a whole variety of escape aids that were provided to him by the chief escape officer inside Colditz. But at no time did Airy Neve and his uh, partner in escape, a Dutch soldier named Tony Lutain, have any idea how these aides got into Colditz. And these included a magnificent large silk map of Germany, yeah, cool. uh, a small compass, uh, a lot of Reichsmarks to be able to buy train tickets or maybe bribe guards or yes. whatever might be needed. Yep. Uh, uh, a saw blade to be able to cut through uh, obstacles. Yes. Uh, unbeknownst to them, <clears throat> the paper that their forged worker documents were uh, meticulously printed on by <laughs> artists inside the camp was provided inside Monopoly. Nice. And all of these items were actually hidden inside the cardboard liner of one Monopoly's game board. Interesting. So somebody somewhere had ingeniously carved out these compartments, filled them with the escape aids, Mm. put the label on, and then shipped this game along with some ordinary games that were not doctored to Colditz. Yep. So now they get inside of Colditz, and Neve is selected to be an escapee. Now, the reason why Neve and Lutain and all the others are in Colditz is because the Germans have decided that anybody who was an incorrigible escaper mm-hmm. from prior experience would all be congregated in this so-called escape-proof castle right. that was formerly in Poland. Yes. Uh, it had sheer cliffs on three sides. The only real way out of the castle was through the main gate and either across the drawbridge or into the dry moat. Right. So Airy Neve and Tony Lutain were dressed in German officer greatcoats, they wore hats that were absolutely indistinguishable from German hats that had been fabricated mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they simply were taken into the attic of the guard tower. There was a passage that, that was had been discovered. They walked down the spiral steps past all the guards that were off duty, wow. walked into a snowstorm in the courtyard wow. lit by arc lights, um, make their way past every guard who happened to see them, uh, walk through the gate, go down into the moat, and... Um, then flee into the woods. Along the way, whenever there was a guard who accosted them, they both spoke German, so they knew what was being said. But, in, but most importantly, Lutain, the Dutchman who was accompanying Neve, spoke German like a German, very authoritatively. And so they were never stopped or questioned. Once they got into the woods, they got rid of their greatcoats and their officers' hats. Uh, they pulled wool caps over their heads, and they walked 11 miles to the nearest train station, mm-hmm. where they caught the very first train to uh, Leipzig the next morning. Nice. Now, Leipzig was a big transportation hub, uh, and it was bustling with activity. Their plan was simple, just buy a ticket to um, Ohm, which was very close or much, much closer to the Swiss border, Mm -hmm. then get a local from there to the Swiss border, then run across. Well, of course, uh, plans are only that until they turn into reality. And the first problem they encountered was that the next express to Ohm was 1030 that night. Mm -hmm. And they had gotten there around seven in the morning. So now had to figure out how to hide in plain sight 
for the remainder of the day. Right. And it almost ended in disaster when at around eight o'clock in the morning, they were sitting in the waiting room of the Leipzig station okay. and Neat pulls out from his pocket a chocolate bar and starts to eat it. Now, at this time, you could not buy food in Germany. Oh, wow. Huh? You, you could get coffee, but you could not buy food. So they're hungry, and Neve pulls out his chocolate bar. Well, two women across from him see this. Yes. Now, they have not seen chocolate in a year. Go ahead. And they began to become suspicious. Where did this stupid worker get a chocolate bar? Yes. At that point, Lutain just grabs Neve very gently and pulls him outside and says, don't ever do that again. They then end up going twice into theaters, which, by the way, are filled with German troops that are either on leave or transitioning to the Eastern Front. Wow, huh? uh, they managed to continue to hide their identities. And finally, late that night, they board the train to Ulm, and they very cleverly decide to get on the train last because they don't want to see. They're, they're fearful if they're sitting down and they're, right, and they're immobile. Yes. Questions are asked. You know, they're, they're basically... Uh, spotlights on them. Right. So stand out in an aisle and they have the most atrocious luck. In the compartment next to them is a big SS officer, Ooh. a major. He's all by himself. Yes. And he notices them. Ooh. He motions them to come inside. So they walk in and he says, who are you? And they explain, we're Dutch electrical workers who've been reassigned. We're going to our new city. And by the way, I should point out, with all the available manpower in Germany serving in the army, Germany was had had uh, commandeered millions of foreign workers mm -hmm, right. from all the countries they occupied. So it wasn't unusual that there would be workers going back and forth. That didn't disturb the uh, major. Uh, he bought their explanation. Then he said, nope. my friends are not coming. My The seats in this compartment are available. Have a seat. Oh, wow. So, so they both have to sit down opposite him. He then invites, the major invites a few more in. The compartment is filled. Cool. They managed to survive that experience without the major becoming curious. Mm -hmm. They finally get to Ulm, and at Ulm they find out that they are denied tickets to the city near the Swiss border because their papers are not in order. Of course, the railroad clerk doesn't even know the papers are false, and she calls for uh, a policeman who escorts them to the proper office to get the papers amended. Well, they manage, once they get into the building, the policeman has long since gone elsewhere, they manage to get out the back door they walk another 11 miles through bitter cold, get on another train that gets them within about nine miles of the border. Uh, they have harrowing experiences along the way, but ultimately they get to the border. And when the guard is distracted there uh, by a car that needs his, his attention, they flee across. It then takes Neve four months before the British, through an escape line in France, can arrange to bring him home. And that's done successfully. When he gets home, and by the way, along the way, the map has been invaluable, the compass has been invaluable, even the saw blade at one point saves their neck. Uh, the money, of course, to buy tickets and whatever else they could was, was you know, essential. Only after the Neve gets back to England does he learn that all of this was provided to his camp inside a Monopoly game. And not only that, but the organization that has provided these materials is so impressed with his successful escape uh, he has a very solid background, of course, so that makes him attractive. And the fact that he worked with an escape line over a period of four months to get through France and into Spain and finally Gibraltar and home, that they say to him, we want you to work with us. And the job that he accepts is to oversee all the French escape lines for the remainder of the war. So thanks to Monopoly, mm -hmm. this uh, 
incarcerated officer Ari Neve becomes one of the key players in British intelligence for the remainder of the war. He then is introduced to Norman Watson, who was the man running the English company named John Waddington's that loaded the game with all these escapades. And so now I'll give you a little bit of insight into the secret organization, MI9, and also John Waddington's. So MI9 was a little offshoot of MI6, which is British Britain's equivalent of the CIA. Uh, and its sole purpose was to help prisoners escape and to help evading airmen, namely those that were shot down and on the run, to uh, connect with escape lines and get back home. Um, if you were shot down, the odds were 83% that you would be captured or killed. Killed meaning, you know, because of your wounds, not because the Germans executed you. Okay. Fortunately, both Germany and the U.S. had signed the Geneva Convention, and the Germans within, you know, certain latitude honored it. Right. Uh, but one out of six did get home, and that was the, the all due to the escape lines, which for the most part, were run by really brave, daring young women. Yes, let me uh, uh, let me let me break in here for a second, okay? Because we're going to take a commercial break because we have a couple other guests who are going to join us. So you're listening to well, this is Mac Maloney's Military X Files. You've been uh, listening to Phil O'Banes, who is telling us about um, how the history of the game Monopoly is intertwined with um, World War II and especially our P POWs over there and, and how it actually helped them get through their captivity. So, and the rest of the gang is here, so why don't we take that commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. Where is the Sea of Moons? Is it on the moon? Or in a haunted part of the Pacific Ocean? Or is it just in our heads? What if you dreamed of meeting a beautiful Irish girl, but she turned out to be a cop? What if you dreamed that you were on TV 24-7, but only the government knew the channel? And what if you dreamed you were shipwrecked on a deserted island and rescued by five lovely castaways, only to have some real pirates ruin the party? Then you should wake up and read The Sea of Moons, the latest installment in Mac Maloney's best-selling series, codename Starman. Follow the adventures of U.S. Navy's Special Agent Chris Starr as he travels the globe using his special ESP powers to solve top-secret mysteries, first in Ireland, then in Tahiti, and finally to Hollywood, where Chris and his girlfriend Angel discover the only spooks inside an old haunted house belong to the CIA. That's Codename Starman, The Sea of Moons by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Action Show here on the Disney Thunder Radio Network. What a show. What a night has been so far. We're not even halfway through it. Let me just very quickly introduce everybody. JJ, girls, JJ is here. Hello, Mac. Also, Commander Cobra is here. Mac, as always. And also, uh, Switchblade Steve is here. Great to be here. Living on the edge. Okay, right. <laughs> Living on the edge. <laughs> Our security chief, uh, Willie Club, up there in the not quite North Andover, correct? Close enough. We don't want to give out his That's right. Don't, don't give away your... Hi, Mac. Location. Hi, folks. Great oh, well, show tonight. He's looking, in. he's looking in on us for the second week in a row. I don't know why. Uh, also, Vic the Wop is with us. Vic is back. Vic, how you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for having we me. We recorded that entire streaming uh, thing you just did. You did not. Yeah, we did, sure did. And you can have it for a price. Let's talk off air, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about intimidation. correction officers here. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Sorry. Sorry, we need some correction, that's for sure. Uh, don't, don't, don't go down that road. It's inappropriate. <laughs> uh, uh, Phil O'Bain, the uh, owner of the uh, company, uh, one of the owners of the company that produces the Ouija board, 
Uh, also Risk, which is a cool game. A number of other games, sorry, I know is one. And he's an expert on Monopoly, and he's been telling us how the game of Monopoly actually helped our allied POWs during World War II in escapes and so on and so forth from Germany. So you were telling us about these two guys, and, and what I can't believe is that they would come up to you in a POW camp, and they said, you're the guy we've selected to um, escape. Is that it, Phil? That's it. But you may remember that I mentioned that they had a secret means of sending messages via ordinary letters back and forth between the POW camps and the secret organization, MI9. Okay. Uh, MI9 wanted Ari Neve home. So Ari Neve was the one that was trained and given the opportunity. And uh, to his credit, he survived that one initial gaffe and managed to hit a home run, as they called it. Mm -hmm. You know, what's funny, too, is now we're talking about POW camps. And you know who has just joined us in the room? A couple of correction officers. How about that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Please, can you, uh, this, these are the ghost sisters. Please introduce yourselves to us slowly. Hi, I'm. I'm Mandy Cummings. I'm a corrections officer. Okay. All right. Hi, Mandy. Calm, Hi, Mandy. Calm down, Wawa. Calm Hi. down. Switch. Go ahead. And? I'm Chastity. Chastity. I love that name. Hi, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm Mandy's older sister. I'm not a correction officer. I run a home-based business, and I do solar systems. So. Oh, really? Solar systems. Sell them some. Solar panels. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. It's something Coco. He's in a bunker somewhere. Okay. So so uh, it, I just have to throw this to you uh, and before we get back to Phil's story. So as a corrections officer, I mean, what's what's the last thing you want to uh, want us to ask you? You can ask me anything. Okay. All right. Open throw. All right. Please, Phil, continue with your story. Okay. So, uh, Ari Neve, when he comes back to England, there's, you know, it's great rejoicing because the first British soldier has successfully escaped uh, Nazi Germany from a POW camp, and Monopoly was key in providing the means by which he was able to make this escape. He then meets the officers at MI9, including this very eccentric genius named um, Clayton Hudson. Cluddy being his nickname, who came up with the idea of hiding escape aids inside a monopoly. And he also meets, most significantly, uh, Norman Watson, who's the general manager of John Waddington. John Waddington was Parker Brothers' partner in Europe on Monopoly. Waddington's was a very large printing and box making company. Parker Brothers in Salem, Massachusetts, maker of Monopoly, gave them the rights to make the game throughout the UK and in Europe. And when the time came for MI9, to try this crazy idea of hiding escape aids in a Monopoly board. Waddington's was the company they had to go to, but Norman Watson was an extremely discreet man. They actually set up a small operation in the sub-basement of his factory, and only four or five people in the entire company of over a thousand ever knew that in that sub-basement, they were using steel rule dice to punch uh, holes shaped just like the items that would be placed inside the hole uh, of the Monopoly cardboard liner, then finishing the game board, then finishing the entire game, sometimes hiding additional Reich marks underneath the play money, and then providing these to MI9, who would use fictitious charities to send these games to their POWs throughout prison camps in Germany. Well, when the United States joined the war, the leading general uh, for the United States Air Force in England was Carl Spatz. He ran the 8th Air Force, and MI9 decided he had to know about it because his airmen were going to be captured, and they should be able to use the same means to get 
you know, the American airmen's home. So Spatz was brought to Waddington's late one night. He was showing how the operation worked. He then went back to Washington and tried to convince the Pentagon to set up a counterpart in the U.S. And of course, the officials at first poo-pooed him and it took quite some time, but finally they got it going. And they called that organization MISX, Military <laughs> Intelligence Service X. It was never... Uh, referred to by name. It was only referred to by its postal box, 1142. Mm. And Spatz said right from the beginning, never tell the Congress and never tell the president mm. that we have such an organization. And so MISX was one of the best kept secrets of the war. Uh, it was never leaked. The Germans never found out about it. The mm. Russians never found out about it through all their spies in Washington. And when they loaded Monopoly games, they nicknamed the loaded games Monopoly X. And that's where the title for the book comes from that I'm just finishing. Mm -hmm. By contrast, they also sent a bunch of plain Monopoly games to, you know, obfuscate the ones that were loaded. Yes. And they referred to those as Monopoly V for Monopoly Vanilla. <laughs> no, okay. So those are the two organizations. One one, that's vanilla. one one isn't vanilla your favorite ice cream? It is. Flavor. Yeah. Still, uh, it, uh, same here. Kind of boring, no. but it really? is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Girls. But not just any vanilla. Ghost there's sisters. vanilla and this crappy vanilla. I'm going to say, yeah, Ghost Sisters are not vanilla. Extra vanilla, uh, forget it. Ghost Sisters, what's your favorite yeah. ice cream? Butter pecan. Butter pe oh, Ooh, yeah. I love, I love butter pecan. I love butter pecan. Yeah. They had butter pecan at Dunkin' Donuts, a flavor, and then the, the, I went to get it the other day. They said, oh, that's, that's just a seasonal <laughs> flavor oh. for the summer. So <laughs> summer's over already? Yes. <laughs> what's the, uh, what the hell? What's the, the, I love that flavor. What's the correction officer's favorite? Ice cream flavor. I, I really don't have a favorite. It's um, I like the Reese's cup. Oh, oh, yeah, one of those. Yeah, you like candy in your ice cream, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it doesn't sound like the kind of corrections officer we thought we'd be talking to, but that's why. <laughs> and so, Phil, I'm sorry, Phil. Please continue. Oh, wait a second. One more question. Where are you guys from? Okay. Ohio, Marion, Ohio. Marion, Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, now your best friend. You'll see. Phil, please. <laughs> Phil, please continue. Okay, so fast forward to the end of the war, about 1,100 POWs, both British and American, successfully escaped the 100-odd German POW camps. Uh, Monopoly had a huge influence in most of these. And since about one escape succeeded for every 10 that was attempted, about 17,000 escapes were aided by Monopoly and other household items, by the way, wow. that were used for a similar purpose. So yeah. one of the two great uses of Monopoly in World War II was subterfuge, if you will, yep. helping POW. And by the way, neither the British or the American governments did anything for their POWs in World War II aside from the Monopoly secret. What do you mean? That's they never did anything to try to rescue them. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Right. And, and they, of course, they had to rely on the International Red Cross to try to feed them and supplement the meager diet they were getting. Right. But they did nothing otherwise to effectuate their, uh, their escape. But isn't that but the, the uh, other, yeah. was, wasn't that kind of a, I, I, I know, I'm thinking Cobra might know this. Isn't that kind of like an unwritten agreement? You, you don't do that? Well, it, it, if you can't be rescued initially, uh, and that didn't really occur until you get into the Korean uh, event and you had the ability to affect rescue. Your job was to uh, not give away anything yes. and, and be disruptive and, and, and escape and be yep. disruptive all the way back. Your wow. mission didn't end because you were incarcerated. The huge difference that, that Phil is outlining is that uh, the Germans uh, and all of Europe on the Allied side played on a much more uh, egalitarian collegiate uh, level mm -hmm. on this. And this is why they were able to exploit this. Yep. Um, okay. there the are, there's, 
when you uh, go through the uh, resistance training of the U.S. military, they, they look at the German model and tell you, don't ever expect to see this again. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, because it just, I mean, they were, when the German populace didn't have food, the POWs didn't get food either. They would take right. their, they were never really uh, mistreated. Even when they were trying to get Operation Overlord out of them, they, they the, the level of okay. interrogation, yeah. they would use things like sleep, sleep deprivation, These... not, uh, not real uh, torture. I know these and Nazis... the other thing that the Allies had was they had an incredible network of partisans in almost every theater that were on that were moving Allied troops that they could get them initially when they landed by parachute. These Nazis had a heart of gold. Listen, hey. Uh, uh, I'm not saying a heart of gold, but I'll, I'll give you one case, Mac. It's pretty no, let me, amazing. Let me, because, because she has to get back to the prison, I think, right? Is it a short yeah. one? Go ahead, Coco, quick. I was just going to say that the one thing that always amazed me was they had one interrogator who uh, carried a sergeant's rank Yes. No, no, it was well, a private rank. Hans Scharf. Hans. Hans. He's in Hans. my book. He figures very significantly in my book. Oh, really? Okay. And I don't want to spoil your book. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, that, I'll that's see a great, the, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm folding that's, the little dog of Monopoly right, right that, now. That's okay. a great topic for you and I to talk about on another occasion. Yes. I just want to mention one more thing about Monopoly. So a lot of a lot of Monopoly secret, pardon me, Monopoly secret was maintained completely until 1985, and then it started to be revealed in drips and drabs. Mm -hmm. What was not revealed, in which I had to get through private sources, was how Monopoly was used in espionage. Yeah, cool. Not only did spies adopt code names based on, you know, uh, uh, token names and whatnot from Monopoly, yes. but a man that I knew very well in New York was a partner in a scheme to use the Monopoly game board to concoct a secret code to communicate with the dissident KG or NKVD agent, the Man, forerunner very of the cool. KGB, Come on. which identified that in Roosevelt's White House, there yes. were four significant traitors at a time when we really? did not know what Stalin was up to. Ultimately, there was something like 250 revealed through the Monona Project, but Monopoly was the first technique or the first means that this was discovered through. Wow, that's wild. So you got to come back mm. on and do a segment on uh, espionage then. Yeah, yeah, espionage would be next. All right, let me just uh, thank you, Phil. And how many just uh, how many escapes uh, were successful? Did you say? We're, we're, I'm just talking now in uh, Europe yep. under German yep. uh, auspices. Yes, 1,100 from German POW camps, probably something like 13,000, or maybe even up as high as 17,000 escaped. Right. Nine out of ten being recaptured and sent back to camp. But as as Cobra was pointing out, yes. the whole idea of the escape was certainly get home if you can, yep. but cause as much disruption yes. as possible. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. They used to do some cool things. Hey, uh, listen, uh, I just got to go ask the Ghost Sisters there for a second. Are, are you uh, Star Trek fans at all? I do like Star Trek. Okay, can you see oh. can you see the guy here with the blonde hair? See him? He plays Captain Kirk in the new Star Trek. Doesn't he look like him? Oh, I love the new one that just came out. That yeah, cool. I thought you looked familiar. There you go, wow. Rick. Rick the Wop. We're doing your favor there, brother. So listen, give us a little, <laughs> give us a little Kirk. Give us a little Kirk there, Captain. Come on. No, 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 yeah, no. Said, I told you. What do you have to get paid? You have to get paid for us. Come on, give us a, give oh. us, throw us a bone. <laughs> All I need, all I need, is somebody to send a video to Bill Shatner of me imitating. Oh, right. right. You're doing the right thing, Vic. He's a friend of the show, and I love him too much. Oh, right. okay. That means he can't do it. And this, what, what, okay. So anyway, girls, yeah, he's uh, Captain Kirk, the new Captain Kirk. What do you think? That is awesome. Yeah, go. I'm the Italian Captain Kirk. There you go. <laughs> think of that. Yes. yes. Really? Yes. My grandma was born in Italy. Mine too. Where, where, where are your family from? I'm not sure. Naples. Her name was Mary Antino. Well, here we go. Oh, My Mary. grandparents were from Napoli. Napoli. Mm. All right. Okay. 
Juan Juan, where were you from? You were from Napoli, weren't you? Sicily. Oh, Sicily. Mother's Catania. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot that. Club, where are you? You're from Mike. I'm Mike's side of my Italian. Oh, that's right. You're on what side of the boot are you on there? Coco? Well, it all depends. I, I got the whole Mediterranean apparently covered. Uh, okay, thanks to Ancestry.com. That's the mistake that you made. <laughs> I love that Ancestry DNA. Uh, DNA. Do you? Yeah, my, my mom didn't until she found out she wasn't pure Italian. Oh, that must have been a crushing blow. Uh, hey, listen, uh, uh, Willie Club, you must be 100% uh, Mick, right? You have to be. Excuse me? You must be 100% Mick. <laughs> No, I'm an Irish American. Oh, there he goes. That means he's 100% Nick. Well, listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break? Uh, Phil, once again, plug your book, please, the book that's coming out. All right. The book that I'm finishing now, which uh, my agent will be taking to publishers, is called Monopoly X mm-hmm. The True Story of Monopoly at War. Cool. Oh, that's nice. And when do you expect it to, um, you know, when do you expect the torture to begin? What's the publishing date? Well, you know as well as I do that that's up to uh, the publisher, and certainly I hope it will be early next year. Yes. Well, you have it in competent hands, if you know what I mean, right? Yeah. They never make a mistake. Thanks, Phil, okay, for joining thank, us. Okay. Thank you so much. See you guys all later. All right, man. We'll see you soon. All right, Phil. We'll see you all soon right, with, you, that, Phil, with a job. segment on yes, Ask Me Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll talk for We'll okay, do it again. Phil. Okay. See yes. you later. Okay. Hey, you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Expert Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network, and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have uh, for you tonight. And we're only about halfway through. Let me introduce the people who have joined the party. First, girls, uh, hopefully you have your big box of cleaners, your fan, your mister, and your little box of wipes, I guess. The very famous one one is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome back to the show. Having a great time so far. Are you really? Okay. That's all that counts, yeah. there, brother. Okay. Yeah, you know, I live for this. So. Up, up there in the, bun- in the bunker in the great state of Maine. Looking out at the rest of us, he looks like he's doing his uh, yoga or something, saying, um, <laughs> they know him as Coco on the streets, but we know him as Commander Cobra. Coco. Hi, Mac. Okay. Are you in the middle of your... <laughs> oh, oh, wow. If that ain't a secret, thank you very much, <laughs> Coco. Uh, our natural correspondent, Switchblade Steve Watt, up there in Battle Creek, Michigan. Switch. Great to be here, Mac. Okay. A uh, piece, big piece of lemon meringue pie for breakfast and a cup of coffee, correct? That's right. Okay. Uh, more than one cup, actually. And why? Were you out of Frosted Flakes or um, oatmeal or something? No, no, I've got, I've got other backups, but, you know, there's there's one piece left, and I wasn't going to let it go to wow. waste. Wow. He, right he went right for the piece of pie. I, I knew exactly what I was going to have this morning. <laughs> did you I, really? Did you dream about it? Well, I, I thought about it a couple okay, times during the night as I was tossing and th- turning. That's the same thing as dreaming. So listen. Was it frozen lemon meringue pie? It was not. No. Okay. Who ate the rest of it? What's that? Who ate the rest of it? There was only one piece left. Who ate the other? Oh, I, I had I had a piece earlier, okay. and, and 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 the missus did, but okay. uh, there was one left, and you know. Okay. I, I went for it. That was yours. Uh, our security chief Willie Club is joining us for the second week in a row. Willie, how you doing? Hi Mac. Hi folks. Hey, well, I'm learning a lot tonight. I got to tell you. Uh, really? Yeah. You taking notes? Are you? I, I certainly am. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That's that could be a good thing and a bad thing. You never know. Thank you, Willie, for joining us. And as I one one asked you last week, is anything ticking in the mailbag? There's stuff moving in there, but it's really ticking. <laughs> moving. We can deal with moving. Also joining us uh, from um, Dallas, Dallas, the sniper capital of the world, Victor Wap. Victor Wap is with us. We have to let's come on. Please, can we clap? 
Are you going to call me Victor Wap all night? You, you gave us the authority to call you Victor Wap. And then he calls segment. me the mix, so you might as well be I the know, Wap. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> I, no, I don't hear that. I didn't know. That's fine. Okay. All right. Hey, brother, That's uh, you know, you're proud of being an Italian, right? I am. I'm extremely proud to be an Italian. You should be. A blonde Italian at that. A blonde Italian. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. You should be proud of your Italian heritage. Really. Amazing how DNA works, isn't it? It's the best cooking in the world. But listen, we have a couple more Italians with us, unbeknownst to us earlier. They surprised us. The Ghost Sisters are joining us from Marion, Ohio. Did I get that right, girls? I mean, sisters? Okay. <laughs> okay, they're nodding enthusiastically. Okay. Um, just tell us your names one more time. Tell us, tell the audience your names, please. I'm Mandy Cummings. Okay, she looks like she's about 22. Go ahead. I just <laughs> want to paint the picture for the audience. Okay, go ahead, twin sister. I'm Chastity Leonard. Mm -hmm. Okay, she's about 22 as well. If they're sisters, they got to be twin sisters. That's true. Thank you, one more. Tell our real age. You can tell us off here. So, well, thanks everyone for joining us. Yeah, especially if it's like in the 16 to 17, we don't stop. Stop. I got to understand. So, just keep going with that 22. First of all, the security chief is here, and I got to edit that out. Thank you, Coco. Hey, Vic, let's talk about you. Now, you told us in an earlier segment that you're uh, one of the things you do, you've done many, many things. You're a voiceover artist. Is that the correct uh, way to uh, talk yeah, about your voice actor? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And also you're an actor and you're in a, a new version of Star Trek, right? Well, yeah, I've, uh, I've been voice acting for about 20 years and I've done over three or 400 different animated series and video games, mm. uh, audio books, that kind of thing. I also write and produce music professionally. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, I started acting when I was a little boy because of Star Trek. I was, 10, 11, 12 years old, and I, I fell in love with uh, that show and those characters. And so fast forward several decades, my, my college degree is in film production. Uh -oh. and, uh, and I decided to bring a bunch of people together and mm -hmm. uh, finish the original five-year mission of the Enterprise. Cool. Yeah, nice. Uh, we did it, and we did it, and I'm, I'm very, very proud of what we accomplished. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've got over 10 million viewers. Nice. Um, hmm. 11 full-length episodes Full sets, full crew, Fully. high production value, great storytelling, just right. like the original series. Is there any nudity in it? Did you bring that uh, to the... Are you on the edge? Now, we don't need nudity because oh, we have good stories. There you go. That's Gene Roddenberry talking. You know, the funny thing is, is that uh, Lennon Nimoy, the original Spock, he grew up in a section of Boston called Mattapan. And mm -hmm. it's the same you know, neighborhood that I'm from and also uh, Agent X is from. Cool. Yeah. Also, Vic, you need to talk to one one. He was a hand model at one point in his career, so yes. you guys can compare some notes there. That's it. Can I also mention too, Vic? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Uh, that I uh, share. It's a diplomat uh, model too, one time. Don't interrupt. Vic, I, I share uh, your acting uh, abilities. I also played in the role of Captain uh, Kirk. You did. Really? Yeah, right. and I have a, in fact, I have a screen test of it. Oh. Uh, it was uh, back uh, tw about 12 years ago at Universal in Florida. I want to see it. We all want to see it. I don't know if they still too. have that, but you could go in the studio. They have a studio there. Yes. And for like $100. Yes. You go in there, myself and my wife went in there. You know, you get the green screen behind you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we wore the uh, the actual, you know, the Captain Kirk outfit, and my wife played the communications officer. Was at O'Hara? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. And it was about a 20-minute skit. Oh. Yes. And, yes. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, but I have to admit, I nothing to the ability that you showed. Well, on let's, your well you must have some kind of. They laugh. You must well, have some kind of a Captain Kirk, uh, you know, impersonation club. Let's hear it. Well, you know, I really can't, you know, because the copyrights. 
Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Yikes. He hasn't consulted his agent. Uh, he's got a point. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not going to disagree know. with him. Believe me. So listen, girls, let's get back to you. Uh, so uh, when, how, I mean, were you, how, when you, when you became Star Trek fans, what, what, you know, what season was it? It certainly wasn't the first five. I, I don't know. My mother always watched them when we were younger growing up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she was hooked. And my husband is a huge Star Trek fan. So like. Oh my goodness. There you go. Yes. Well, you you have- need to tell him post haste to go to StarTrekContinues.com. He is a Well, that's cool. Okay. I like the newest one that just came out. The last one that just came out. Yeah, what was that you one? Mean, uh, you mean the motion picture stuff? Or the the, uh, the Picard one? Remake. It was. Oh, you're talking about the one with like Chris Pine and those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, good. that was J.J. Abrams' take on Star Trek. Right. I'm, I'm kind of more of the classic purist. Right. See, that's the thing is that I think that they did an okay job with, with Chris Pine and those people. They could have done a worse job. Let's put it that way. I think they kind of intrigued you in a way, and they stayed true to the Star Trek you know, code or whatever. But it, it, it's, it's, it's a story with Star Trek characters in it, if you know what I mean. And I can understand what you're doing is that you follow the Bible, right? Well, yeah. And I'll be honest with you. You know, the, One of the reasons why Star Trek is still even popular today is not because it had amazing special effects. It wasn't because it had outstanding uh costumes uh it was it, it was popular then and it's popular now 50 years some years later right because of the storytelling right great because stories yep. thought-provoking thematic morality play you know social uh, issues um and my my only uh disappointment with the new films are that they're about this deep yes one they're, one inch deep they're, right they're just action adventure movies and they they didn't really capture the essence of the depth of, of what Star Trek See, was. Why did they do that? Before we go to a break, I want to ask you this real quick. Why did they do that? Why wouldn't they you know, adhere to the Bible like you have and bring in every single Trek fan there is? Because there's millions well, and millions. Well, it's common denominator. But, yeah. because, they don't, because they're not interested in the super hardcore Trek fans. They're interested in, in, a, in a younger generation. But there's, but there's so many of them. There's so many. Well, there are. There are. But here's the thing, Matt. They know that if you're a Star Trek fan, they already got your money. That's true. Yep. Yeah, they right. know that, that if they make anything called Star Trek and put it in the theater, hardcore Star Trek fans are going to go see it. Wow, Sal, he, he did go to film school. What film school did you go to? What they're, film trying, sc- they're not going to cater to you. They're going to try to target a, a, a younger audience. Right. What film school did you go to? I went to school in Virginia. What's the name of the film school? Virginia Film? No, no, no. I, I majored in film, but okay. it, was a, it was a liberal arts university, okay. Liberty okay. University in, right. in Virginia. That's oh, good. good school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. very good school. Yeah, thank you. Right. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Right, I went to as one one will remind you. I went to Emerson College, got mm-hmm. a master's degree in filmmaking, and here I am on a radio master's. Show. There you go. Yes, and here I am. And he hates my favorite director. Pushing buttons. So, you know, we're we're going to ask him. We're going to ask him. Hey, hang on. Let's let's do this correctly. Okay. 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 I'm going to give you the director's name, and all I want you to do is go thumbs up or thumbs down, and then we'll discuss. Okay. Ready, Vic? Okay. Vic, the wop. You ready? He's I'm another. Ready. He's another WAP, as it turns out. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thumbs down. It was a big thumbs down. Okay. Wow. Here we go. Uh, ladies, do you like Quentin Tarantino? Uh, yeah. I oh, think okay. Well, that changes everything. Sounds okay. Yeah, he's What's your favorite Quentin Tarantino he's movie. He's the best. Sorry, Vic. Oh, I don't, he's got. What was that? Pulp Fiction. 
Yes. yes. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, right. That one was a good one. He's it was. I'm yeah. sorry, Vicky. You just got run under the bus. But listen, okay, why <laughs> no, do you... I'm fine. You know what? I can handle it. Why do you hate <laughs> him as much as I do? I, I, I cannot stand anything he has done. But well, I Even Reservoir Dogs? Terrible movie. That's it. That's Love Reservoir Dogs. Terrible movie. It's a, everything he has made has been terrible. Terrible. No, no, I don't think I've seen any of his only. No, that's see? his only comedy. He hates Quentin Tarantino. Can, do you want me to He's pull got a foot fe fetish and it's terrible. Do you want me to pull apart? That's not really good. Okay, yeah, let me ask you discussion. one question. You ready? You ready? I love his dialogue. I love his camera angles. I like his homage to Sergio Leone. How about his foot fetish? How about the foot fetish in the last movie, the Hollywood movie? How long was he on? What's your name's uh, boots walking down the street? Tell the truth. <laughs> oh, you mean? Uh, yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you've you've done oh, rewound them. Twenty seconds at least. <laughs> twenty seconds. It's like two yeah. minutes and twenty seconds. In the Sharon Tate character. There you go. Okay. I mean, you know, after ten seconds. I, I watched uh, um, Jackie rails. Brown the other night. Wow, you are. And a... probably a minute and a half into the movie was a excellent foot shot. You of, can uh, see. I mean, why, do you have, why, why does he have to? We did fond of both feet with uh, toe ear, toe earrings, toe rings. <laughs> He's so flustered he can't talk. Why nice does toes. he? Why does he? Took you know, why does he unload that on us? You know, what do we care? What he's hey, so Rex Ryan didn't do it. He had to be found out. But anyway, so uh, Vic, I mean, terrible, right? He isn't he just overrated and no, I just, you know what? I I think he's twisted. Hey, yes, go ahead. I just I think there's something. I think there's something weird. Uh, he, his take on everything is just a little weird. Really? Yes. Um, that's just my opinion. Yes. Uh, you know, clearly the guy knows how to make films. Does whether he? or not he makes films you like, does he? Though? You know, that, that's completely subjective. But. Um, He's, a, he's out of phase. That's the only thing I can say about it. I don't, I don't particularly go out of my way to see it. I like some of the stuff, but he's definitely out of phase. Yeah, he's just uh, not. Yeah. You know, we have to get the money. That's my thing. I mean, you know, that's, it's so hard to raise money to do anything these days. He always gets the money, you know? He gets people attached. He's a big-time executive producers all the time. Well, he, yeah, he is. And he's, and he's got every actor in the universe who wants to be in his movie. Yeah, because he's got the best hash. Did you ever hear that story about him going over Maybe, to see Maybe, whatever. Al Pacino in movies, you know. Come on. Robert De Niro. I'm sure. I'm sure they don't touch the stuff. How dare you? Kill Bill was awesome. Right, why don't we take right, this? ladies? I like Kill this. Bill rocked. Yeah. Dip Link, One and two. Dip Link and the Rise help. Get us out of here. So listen, why don't we take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Money's Miltrex Now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Where is the Sea of Moons? Is it on the moon? Or in a haunted part of the Pacific Ocean? Or is it just in our heads? What if you dreamed of meeting a beautiful Irish girl, but she turned out to be a cop? What if you dreamed that you were on TV 24-7, but only the government knew the channel? And what if you dreamed you were shipwrecked on a deserted island and rescued by five lovely castaways, only to have some real pirates ruin the party? Then you should wake up and read The Sea of Moons, the latest installment in Mac Maloney's best-selling series, codename Starman. Follow the adventures of U.S. Navy Special Agent Chris Starr as he travels the globe using his special ESP powers to solve top-secret mysteries, first in Ireland, then in Tahiti, and finally to Hollywood, where Chris and his girlfriend Angel discover the only spooks inside an old haunted house belong to the CIA. That's Codename Starman, The Sea of Moons by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Miltrex Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. I can't believe we still got almost halfway to go. Uh, girls, get ready. If you're still around, if you're still conscious, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls and guys and all ships at sea. Welcome to the show. Did someone just clap for if you? you come, if you came in late, okay. don't yep. worry. You can still catch it. <laughs> they might, might want to say that. 
these we days. We archive it. Up there in the great white north, just because it is, looking out the slits of his bunker at the rest of us, Commander Cobra, Coco. As always, Mac, thank you for letting me join the formation tonight. Okay. Thank All you, right. How are the What's two? that flag again that's up in, behind you? That is the uh, Bedford flag. Okay. Up a little bit. All right. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what's going on there? It is the uh, flag of the American Revolution. Oh, really? Okay. The Bedford flag. Why do they call it that? That's not Bedford. Mass? That's where it flew first. Is the Bedford flag? Oh, okay. Made famous for the uh, in the center of it is a, uh, a hand. hand holding a small sword, yeah. which is synonymous with revolution. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> History as well as entertainment. Thank you, Cook. Uh, up there, uh, drinking his black coffee like a man, is our uh, national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward. Great to be here tonight. Which, okay. Now, you had a big piece of lemon meringue pie today. Uh, um, listeners always want to know what you had for breakfast. Now, did you get a sugar buzz off of that <laughs> an hour later? No, I'm, in, I'm impervious to sugar buzzes. Are you now. really? Yeah. Okay. I Good build up you. immunity. That's healthy. Good for you. Switch mm -hmm. uh, also, our security chief, looking in on us again, um, Willie Club. Willie, how are you doing? Hi, Mac. Well, I'm having a sugar buzz. But oh, are you really? That, okay. Great show. Okay. All right. That might also be code. Thank you very much. Um, and also, now we're going to get to our guests, okay? Uh, Vic Manana. How's that, Vic? Oh, you nailed it. He Vic, shoots, he scores. Vic Manana. Manana. So I can't speak Spanish. Manana. Manana. i to use my hands. Manana, Salvatore. Okay, you got to talk like this when you yeah. say it. Yeah, you break your Manana. fingers. Yeah, you get an argument. You break your fingers. Buongiorno, Manana. So, uh, yeah, okay, Vic is a very famous guy. He's uh, done over 400 voices for different video games and cartoons and so on. He also uh, is very in involved with Star Trek, and he's doing a new, uh, like a branch off of the original Star Trek called Star Trek Continues, right, Vic? Yes, sir. Okay, and how long yes, have you been sir. doing Except this? Except where the original series was canceled and finishes mm -hmm. the iconic five-year mission of the Enterprise. Right, okay, so, so and you, you uh, financed a lot of this by um, crowdsource and stuff, right? Well, the very first episode, uh, I financed personally, myself and a couple of friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt like a lot of people encouraged me to, to launch a crowdfunding campaign, and I didn't feel like that was really a, the right thing to do because people had no idea whether or not I could do it or not. Yes. So I figured I should probably put my own money where my mouth is. And, yes. Uh, we, we made the first episode, and we released it. People really enjoyed it. Like I mentioned earlier, it was a sequel to an original series episode about the Greek god Apollo. Wow. Okay. Yep. Right. Forrest, the guy who played Apollo in the original episode, yep. reprised his role 50 years ago. And it ago. was called Who Mourns Adonis yeah, that was season two. Wow. Yes, that okay. was the original episode, right. Who Mourns for Adonis. And our episode is entitled Pilgrim of Eternity, which is ironically a little trivia for you. Okay. Pilgrim of Eternity is a line from the same poem as Who Mourns for Adonis. Really? Yeah. Okay. The poem that the original series uh, episode title was from. And we had our episode title from the same one. So we made the first one. Yes. We released it. People really enjoyed it. So yes. then we started launching crowdfunding campaigns. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let me just uh, introduce our other guests. So um, yeah. taking time, uh, they're busy day to join us. The Ghost Sisters are here. Hello, girls. Hi. Hi. We'll talk about Star Trek, but we're going to get the ghosts in a second. But I, I, have, to I have to ask uh, Vic one more question. Okay. So you're planning new episodes? No. You know what? what? We did what we set out to do. Oh. Okay. We, uh, our, it was my intention to finish the five-year mission and leave everybody right where they were. When yes. You guys remember Star Trek The Motion Picture? Sure. That's 79. Right. So 10 years after the original series had been canceled, and in the in the motion picture, Captain Kirk was an admiral now. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, Spock had gone back to Vulcan. Everybody had kind of gone their own separate ways. So we've crafted stories to explain why everybody is where they were. Right. Okay. When Star Trek the Motion Picture begins. Okay. Well, Vic, I believe that's drop the phaser, right? That's what you're yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to suggest, uh, would they ever beam down to a radio show planet, a, a planet that all it is is this radio show host and you know, and and they're well, wacky and there's shenanigans before and well, after and during the show. Shatner up. certainly has a Shatner and Nimoy both had very distinctive voices. I'm well, sure they would love to be on a radio planet. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Then I'm going over to the Ghost Sisters, okay, for more pleasant okay, stuff. Can I right? ask uh, Vic a question for you? Uh, it's an important one. Go ahead. Club, security guy. Well, it's a trivia. I just wanted, Vic, do you follow the original uh, script as far as the crew members who wear red uniforms? Yes. Oh, yes, you do. Yep. Okay. They're the ones who get killed, right? That is? Yes, we, we usually the ones that are going to die. They're going yeah, to yeah, die. Say, it's funny that the, uh, the the Whitey Bulger character of the show tonight uh, would uh, be you know. fixated on the red jersey uh, syndrome of Star Trek. The original it didn't series. mean that way. Interesting. Yeah, it's been uh, it's something I I like to watch. I'm always trying to figure when I watch the episodes, you know, who's going to get it first. Yeah, they used to fight behind scenes saying, "I'm not going to wear the red costume. I'm the one who's going to get it." Yeah, but Scotty had a red shirt, right? Yeah, but he well, Scotty had a red shirt and Uhura had a red uniform. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What are you trying to say? Yeah, they 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 survived. Okay. Well, they're offices. They go. They're different than the. So let me ask you this uh, one last question, Vic. Okay. Right yeah. now, you you've like I say, you've voiced hundreds and hundreds of things. You know about that business. Why? Yeah. Everyone in here from this area is going to agree with me. Why do they always get Boston accents wrong in these movies? They're always Wrong. Really? Oh boy. Okay. Hey, go sisters. It's it's uh, over the top Boston. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we don't we don't yeah, also like a stylized. Kennedy. There's a stylized version of all those accents. And those what do you mean like pocket toss? Yeah. No one yeah, says. Yeah. No even says even Mark Wahlberg can't do a Boston right. accent. <laughs> Is really? he from Boston? He forces it. Yes, I think he's so. From, yeah, he's from, Hyde, he's from um, yeah, Common Square. One of the, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, Dorchester without yeah, the charm. Yeah, we, we had Back in the late 60s, we, we took a trip out to the out east, coming from the Midwest. Okay. And man, the Boston accent was like future shock. Oh, Holy really? Cow. Did it I thought it was another country. Oh, yeah. You thought it was heavy duty Boston accent? Oh, well, it was just, it was just, uh, it's like, man. It sounds like it's got him for life. Those vowels were, were all messed up. Hey, okay. Speaking <laughs> of people that, that have perfect, have, almost have perfect pitch and tone, go ahead. are ladies from Ohio. Yeah, there you go. They're okay. practically yeah. accent-free. I'm trying to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you, you would know they're from Ohio. Do, you sound, do we sound funny to you? Let's start there. Do we sound funny to you, the Boston people? Uh, you're, yeah, I can hear the singer voice. Mm-hmm. No, so not not what we're saying, how we say it. We know that we're, we're pretty much nonsensical what we're saying, but uh, you know, how we're saying, how we're saying it. it. Is it attractive at all or no? Yeah, I love it. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. No, that's going to get you back on the show. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a Boston accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should tell a little inside story. You know, when uh, when Lois was growing up, she wanted, you know, three things. Someone who didn't play golf, someone who didn't smoke cigars, and someone who had an accent. Okay? She didn't know it was a Boston accent. <laughs> well, she can't have everything. <laughs> So my homies ladies will understand from that. Ohio so, originally. Yeah, yeah, let's go back to you. So, so you you went to southern. I, feel, I hear like yeah. There's a more southern uh, side. It's like uh, South Carolina or something. From Don't southern speak. Ohio. You I will hear that because our mother is. Uh, she was born in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Uh, That's what wow. we're hearing. Okay. So yep. my mother is Indian and Irish. Wow. And wow, okay. my father is German and Italian. His mother's full blood Italian, and his father was full blooded German. Really? Yeah. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to say it. So, <laughs> no. Come listen, girls. I, 
<laughs> so you I went. I think the reason why I have it so much because when I was younger, I used to hang around the girl, girl from West Virginia, and she was real bad. Uh-oh. And my kid's father, but his parents' family was from Kentucky, and we used to hang around them. So you know, when you're around somebody so much, yes. you pick yep. up what they, how they talk. Yep. The bad habits. And okay. I never lost it. <laughs> it just stuck with me. And is she? Our mother was very southern. You, so. you said that she was very bad. This uh, girl that you picked up these bad traits from. Uh, she was funny. Oh, she was. Oh, funny and very bad. Okay, you are coming back. So look at. So, <laughs> so now you 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 chase ghosts. You look for ghosts. You're the ghost sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Right, when did you? How old were you when you first saw your first ghost? Our first kind of paranormal encounter. Do you remember? Well, I never seen them when I was younger. I was just hearing them, and uh, I had a lot of weird occurrences that was happening. Mm-hmm. So, my whole life, I've had experiences with the paranormal. And three years ago, I decided to start up a team. And so that's what I did. I mm-hmm. started up a team because I've always been intrigued by the paranormal because right. of all the experiences that okay. I've ever had. Did you go looking so, for ghosts? You go into haunted houses looking for them and so on? Oh, yes. Yeah, we huh? go into the most scariest haunted places ever. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, what Vic, are those? Vic, like you should be taking this and down. And I, I think this is a pitch. Anywhere. Anywhere. Hospitals. Waverly, we, we actually just did Waverly, what, like six weeks ago? What is that? Is that a prison? A um, it's an asylum in Kentucky. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. All right. I, I was there spot. with a group of people, and I experienced, the only thing I experienced was when I was in the morgue, I felt like maybe somebody brushed the top of my head. Really? But it could have been a bug. Nothing ever happens to now, me. Now, let's clarify. I'm a guy that goes to the most haunted places, and nothing happens. Okay, let's clarify. You weren't sentenced there. You were there on a tour or something. Right? I was not there because it was a sanatorium. Oh, I was there, you know, just visiting. So so when you went to this place, this notorious asylum, okay, um, do you go there as... Do you go there undercover or do you go there as ghost hunters? Ghost hunters. Yeah, we, okay. we were doing the private investigation. We okay. were on a tour. Okay. All right. So, so so what happened? So you go in, is it always at night? Most of the time, yes. And there has been cases where we started like a little early, you know. Okay. Uh, there was really no time to investigate when mm-hmm. you're, you know, in the paranormal. But they do say, you know, it's best at nighttime, which I have found it to be a lot more communication during the night. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and is it just the two of you or do you go in there with a, with a gang? No. Um, it's Chastity and I, and then we have our other sister Yes. and my best friend who's been, we've been friends since second grade. Okay. So, but those two are just our fill-ins. They're not full-time with us. Okay. But they, they're just getting into it with us. They've only been to a couple places. And okay. mm-hmm. actually we've got a really big place that we are going to this weekend and it is going to be awesome. Is guys. it Juan Juan's house? Juan Juan's bond. Aren't there rings and belts and straps still in there hanging from your... Uh... Hey, what's that place, Mac, right down the road from us in Andover? They make condos out of it. They got all those pointed roofs like this. Oh, the, the haunted yeah, that place. Was Danvers, that was formerly yes, Danvers, Danvers Mental right. Hospital. You know about that Mental Hospital. They made yep. a film out of that, right? Case yes, they did. Yes, yeah. Yep. Do you know about that? You know about that club, right? You've seen that, right? The Danvers State Hospital oh, turned up, it into condos. Sure. Yeah, that's you yep. well, they, they turned it into condos. They yeah. added some other condos on the property. Yeah, but, but they're burning down. Custom, and had a customer there that's in one of the original buildings yep. up on the top floor. So he has his ceilings are that pointed roof ceiling. And he says, uh, yeah, experienced ghosts. It's a, it's a common routine. Right, up there. And as a welcome gift, they give you this pillow, and the pillow says boo. Oh, really? It. Yeah, just to get you in the mood? Yeah, that's as a, as a welcome to the community gift. I wouldn't even go near that place. I it's, wouldn't. It's just too... It's like I a like hand-stitched it. pillow. It's very nice. Yeah, I'm sure. Hey, Mandy. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I noticed you guys have a pretty uh, good uh, coverage on YouTube and uh, on Facebook. How do people get in touch with you? How do you get your, uh, your cases and your uh, investigations? 
They usually message us on our um, Facebook site. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yeah. How do you guys check that out? I mean, how do you know well, that you, you have to do research before you get to that, those places? Well, um, if it's a residential case, uh, we just, um, we ask them what's going on or, you know, um, do they have any pictures, any video of anything before we decide to take on the case? Because um, a lot of these people, it's like they just want us to go there, you know? And they might want attention. I don't know, but they, and some people. Well, after your experience tonight with us, I'm sure you're very oh. well versed with that. So <laughs> we understand that. Please, please, go. <laughs> but a lot of people think it's something, they think it's something evil. And we like to go do what we call a sweep. So I'll just take, you know, some of my devices and go over there and, you know, see, see what's going on, see what I pick up on. And I decide, you know, okay, let me talk to my, you know, uh, my sister and we decide from there what we're going to do, whether we're going to take on the case or not, because I'd say 80% of the time, it's nothing evil. It's just, you know, how you are in life, yes. is, I believe, is how you are when you pass. So if you're someone who's grumpy and mean, one, one. that's how you're going to be when you're in spirit. And that's the case in a lot of these situations. So you're going to be a mean uh, ghost there, one, one. You're going to be a mean, grumpy well, ghost. I beg your pardon. I'm going to be a... Deep, loving, no, very emotional ghost. You're going to be kicking the little kid ghosts off your lawn. You'll see. So anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. But aren't you scared when you go into You say you go into these places that are just like the worst of the worst. Doesn't it? Aren't you at least anxious or something? Yeah. Yeah. Chastity. So what do you do? Bring a six pack and just kind of even out? I don't really get scared. Just when she tries to leave me alone sometimes. I try to isolate her because isolations are the best. And okay. if you have any fear... They're going to feed off of that fear. Okay. So I like to isolate her. And she's like, you're not isolating me. And I'm like, oh, yes, we are. And she's <laughs> like, no, you're not. So what I'll do is I'll get her in a room. We'll be in a room together. And I'll be like, I got to go somewhere and grab another, you know, device. I'll be right back. Yeah, I she thinks her? she's slick, but I know. And you lock her in the room. Lock her in the room. I she ain't okay. slick. I know what she's up to. Okay. Hey, let me throw this to Vic. Vic, uh, don't you see reality show here? I mean, really? The ghost sisters? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> Just follow them around with a camera. That's all you have to do. You know what, though? There's no women. Where are these women? That's are what we were saying. Men? We were saying are that. you see men with one woman? And we're like, uh, hello, where's where's the ladies? Where's the equality? We're yeah. There. What's wrong with this yeah. world? Yeah. Right. Okay. Did you know who uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley was? Great, He's great researcher. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Oh, okay. Well, I... I uh, uh, I, I knew her. She, of course, she's been gone for about a year, mm -hmm. and uh, her company is still publishing, going to be publishing my book. But she told oh, us uh, an experience where she was with a fellow researcher. And you know how they do it at Waverly. You don't bring in flashlights or anything. You just adjust to the dark. Well, they were there, and her, her, uh, her friend said, Rosemary, do you see what I see? And she was looking into the shadows, and she said, well, yeah, it looks like a gray. They were seeing what looked like a gray alien, An alien. in this haunted sanatorium. Oofa. And she believed it was some kind of a perhaps dimensional thing or whatever. You know, how, how a lot of researchers think all these things are connected somehow. Yes. So have you guys seen anything or experienced anything sort of out of the norm of what we would call ghost hunting? Extraterrestrial no. or whatever. Well, not there. I, yeah, I'll, not there. Okay. No, I even went as far as in the morgue. I laid in the where they kept the frozen bodies. Well, I, yeah, I was going to do that. I laid okay. in there in the dark and really? was like trying to see if I could get an EVP. Yes. You know, I didn't get no responses or anything, but I mean, just Vic. the experience alone was. Vic, we well, got in all honesty, when we went there, there was other people there, so we it was really hard for us to get a lot of information. Okay. Because there was other people there, and everybody right. was there was somebody there. The I was with a big group. Okay. Well, the reason is because there is a guy who we're friends with, and he's a paranormal guy, and he doesn't have a big team. 
So he posted events yes. for people like us or whoever's in the paranormal can buy your ticket and go. And he tries to keep it at a minimum as 10. Okay. And, oh, that's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, we took well, an he opportunity. Had 15 that night, didn't he? I don't know. Might I think less. he had 15 that night. But yeah, yeah, okay. the point is you got to pay like a thousand dollars to go to Waverly and we're small. It's a thousand bucks to do this. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so you stay the whole night. Maybe one day we can a sponsor or something. We need okay. a sponsor for our team. The, the, we have been able to get around to a lot hey, of clubs. Can we afford that club? Thousand bucks each well, to stay I, at the I think for them we can. In Walpole? Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Can I ask the ladies a yes, question? Yes, please. Please, Club uh, our security. You talk about the devices that you use. Have you ever uh, thought of using a Ouija board? Go in there some mm -hmm. night and uh, you know, scare things up with a Ouija board. Maybe you could attract some. Yes. I, I'm not. You I'm know not, what? I would. Yep. I'm not a big fan of Ouija boards. We're going to have Mr. I'm, Ouija on in I two do, weeks. I um, do spiritual writing. Cool. So that, to me, is kind of like a Ouija board. I'm like okay. a Ouija board. I am writing, connecting with the energies around, and I'm, you know, I'm connecting with spirit. Let me introduce you. Yes, we're going to do a Ouija board on the air here very, very soon. But Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm down. You she are? might not be, but I'm down, so okay. I'm game. Let me introduce you to Juan Juan, because the first date he had with his lovely wife, Eileen, had to do with spiritual writing, right? Automatic writing. That's right, so automatic writing. Her mother was a, a medium. We went to a I couple of seances. Yep, yep. In, uh, this is a date now, a date with my new girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ouija board stuff, seances, holding hands around the table. Mother-in-law is doing the, all the, uh, the talking. And you, you, you're writing all these scribbles. You can't read. The, there's no words to read. Yes. But the action of the, the writing part is presenting the material. And then you enunciate what the medium is uh, okay. saying and who, who they're talking to. Yes. So it really works pretty well. I've seen the movie The Others with Nicole Kidman. Yes. We talk yeah, about it all the time. Yeah. That's a good movie. The, yeah, and you know there was that was portrayed uh, quite nicely in that movie too. Vic, <clears throat> Vic, that was a good movie, right? The others, you ever yeah, see that? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the way they filmed it is actually pretty good. So, so does your husband? Now you you mentioned you were married, right? Does mm -hmm. he uh, have any concerns about you going into these awful places alone and laying down on the morgue slabs? <laughs> he knows that um, you know doing what I do, it's my passion, and. He supports me 100%. Really? Actually, he's went on investigations with me. Oh, huh. Yeah. And what you do? Yeah, you, you wind up telling him to stay home? He's a lieutenant. We actually work together. He's a lieutenant. And it's interesting when we go to certain places because we try to get interaction, you know, with the spirits. You he's know, a lieutenant of what? What is he, a policeman or in the army or the military? No, he's a lieutenant. Um, we work in corrections. Oh, oh that's. Oh, I'm sorry. We were going to get back to that. Oh, it's okay. None of us have been in prison, but is it as bad as you? Uh, we've heard? Um, it's a, we work at the jail, but yes, we deal with men and women. So, really? um, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough because you would think a prison would be worse, but okay. think about this. We are dealing with them when they come in the back door. Yes. So they don't know what's going on. Okay. As far as they know, they got to like wait, prison to me, but go ahead. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm it's, sorry. There's a joke there. Yes. But, but then if a jail is, you're either temporarily for jail or more or less, right? Yes. Well, well, yeah. Now, well, I, we can hold them up to a year. Okay. Let me ask you this: You're and not I'm, doing hard time in jail, right? Well, yeah, it can. Be. Well, it's not. Handle that job. I'd be. Yeah, breaking rocks. Let me ask you this because I'm going to ask this for everyone who's on the show tonight. Now, I have to say this, and I don't want to be inappropriate. But you're both very attractive you women. Yeah, uh, there you go. One one on top of my Valentine. Now you're, <laughs> you're attractive woman and women. You are an attractive corrections officer. I don't know why would they. It must be difficult. Should I put it that way? I do have it. I do have it rough. Yeah. They, and I'm like, you know what? I'm old enough to be your mother. 
That's what oh, I'm okay, we can edit that <laughs> yeah. out. But all right, yeah, okay. But, but um, but 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 uh, I mean, aren't you confronted with like much more of um, you know, whatever personality than most people would? Yeah, I'm yeah. Be, I'm trying right. to be as nice as it's, possible. It makes her grumpy. She's grumpy all the time. It can oh, make really? yes, it can make hmm. you. It can make you grumpy. It all depends on your day. But yes. I actually, I have fun at work. Do you I've really? Been to work, I have a lot of fun. Do you really? Yeah, she. Can... I do. Do you make fun of the I prisoners? Call... That type of stuff. You insult the prisoners, but they can't get back at you. Is that it? I can't say how. Um, wow! Do. <laughs> Don't get arrested. Don't get arrested <laughs> in Ohio. Know, because we could say it's we a negative you. environment. So we tried to keep it positive by laughing. You know, we laugh a lot, and I'm always joking around and having fun. So wow. you know, okay. you have to. So, all right. In that environment. Okay, is that, is that all we have to know about jail? What do you get? What do you get fed in there? Like, what do they throw you? Bologna sandwiches and stuff. Oh my gosh, they it just depends. They get mashed potatoes, gravy, you know, okay. really? uh, bologna, bologna, salami sandwiches. They get. Um, I'm hungry. So, so, but, but it's it's just food, right? right? I mean, it's 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 just regular food, which is which is great. I love just kind of. But they they complain about it, but yeah, they get they, they got it made. They complain about yeah. the cuisine. Do they really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how long have you been? How long have you been a god? <laughs> I've been out there for seven years. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to throw this to Vic. Career, Vic. We got uh, you know a few minutes left. Okay. So, um, you've done all these voices. You've been involved in showbiz for, for for quite a while. Okay. These reality shows that just kind of took over um, TV about 20 years ago. I would say. Didn't it start with with MTV when they had the Real Life or whatever that show was? And they just made them cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, and that's kind of dumbed down what we see on TV. Am I being – how's that for oh, the elevator pitch? Right. Okay. So well, how do you – You know, last night I was with uh, some friends of mine at a restaurant, and they yes. had a television uh, mounted up on the wall, and, and there was some, you know, crazy reality garbage on there. And I hadn't seen any of that for a long time, and I just sat there watching for a minute. I thought, you know, there is no such thing as reality television mm -hmm. because the moment there's a camera, it's, it's not reality right. anymore. Yeah. Right. The second you introduce a guy and a camera, yep, it's called it's, uh, it's called something like the McMillan effect or something. I mean, there's actually an effect for it. As soon as the camera shows up, you cannot be yeah, real I mean, anymore. People in Los Angeles that were writers for reality show now process that for a minute. Yeah, right. What yeah. are you writing if it's a reality show? Right. No, they're scripting these shows, but they're saving money by just you know having average people who don't you know who don't. They just want to be on television. Okay, they well, don't, let me, you know, they let don't me bring really this have. up. How about a reality show about, th uh, you know, a, a radio show? There you, you go. Forget you about beaming own. down. Right. You know, we're already here. Okay. Behind the scenes, the craziness follow, that goes on and we're bantering back around. and forth. Right, so, so, Matt, can I have a higher billing if we do that? Sure, you got it there, Switchy. You bet. You got to do okay. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we do a live show. We when we're on the break, so that will fill in nicely. So that'll work. Hey, Matt, my time is up. Okay, all right. Pick it up. Thank you, ladies. Can we please clap? Please clap for Vic. It's great to have you, Vic. Vic the Proud Italian. you guys in person sometime. I'm not sure where you all live. Okay, fly us in. You got the dough. Fly us in. Anywhere you want us to go, okay? All of us. We'll pick up the Ghost Sisters on the way. Thank you. with us. Yeah, if I was to take a bet, who on this screen gets the first tickets to fly in? I'm thinking that the tickets are pretty cheap out of Ohio to Texas. That's what I'm guessing. I'm just saying. That's you know just cutting corners. Throw away. Okay. Let me let me say to you guys real quick. Let me share a couple of things super fast. Yes. For you and your listeners. Go ahead. The sets that we built that are exact replicas of the original series soundstage are still standing yes they are in all their glory in kingsland georgia right by jacksonville florida oh good check out neutralzonestudios.com okay find out when they'll have open houses 
if there's anybody out there that thought it would be really cool to walk through the original Enterprise sets, right. just like they had in the 60s, it's available to do so. Um, check out StarTrekContinues.com yes. for all of our episodes. And uh, I do a lot of event appearances around the country, like okay. Comic-Cons and stuff. So if you ever see me at one near you, please come and say hello. Yes. Hey, listen, so, right. so what would it take you, really, seriously now, because we know the kind of world we live in, what would it take you to do 11 more episodes? Who would have to twist your arm to do it? Well, you wouldn't have to twist my arm. What happened was that CBS kind of cracked down on fan productions because there were people out there that were raising a lot of money in the name of Star Trek okay. and then pocketing the money. Oh, and, uh, no, the Cleons the were doing that. Not oh. doing what they said they were going to do. And so CBS basically dropped the hammer. Hmm. And, uh, and the good thing was that CBS contacted me and they said, look, we know you guys are doing a great, great thing, and, and we know you're not doing it for money. Right. Just wrap it up. Wrap it up as quick as you can. Really? Wrap it up. They CBS said us. wrap it they up. They allowed us to finish our series. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, CBS, yeah, once again, that's a goal. That's good. Thank you very much, Vicky. And come on uh, with us uh, again soon, okay, please? I'd love it. Thank you, gentlemen, okay. ladies. Thank, thank you, Captain. See you later, nice Captain. There you go. Have a pie Live long and prosper. Uh, prosper. Uh, yeah, there you go. Arrivederci. Okay, there you go. The proud Italian, <laughs> Vic. You should be proud. Take care, guys. Hold your head Take high. Care. Bye. Okay. Bring, bring cannoli next time. There you go. Please bring some kind of food, please. <laughs> you know. Wow. Hey, how about him in the North End? How about bringing him down to Boston's North End? Yeah, yeah, let's he, do he, that. he wouldn't want to leave because there's a lot <laughs> of Italians down there. But let's talk about these two Italians who, are who, who have stayed with us. Thank you, Ghost Sisters. Thank you. Are you wearing uniforms? You look like you're dressed alike. I know this we is radio. We have our but... Ghostbuster um, shirts on. Really? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Who designed those? If you don't mind me we asking. We have a that designs them for us. Oh, really? Okay. Was he schooled at doing this, or is he just works on inspiration? Uh, her. <laughs> her. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that a logo that's on your on your uh, blouse there? Let's yes. see it. Yes. Could we have a close up of that, please? Close up of uh, Ghost Sisters. It's logo. a radio show. Cool hole. Online well, to play by play, <laughs> please. Okay, yeah, we We're can. We're on a Zoom, Zoom camera. Okay, great, <laughs> excellent shot. We'll put a little porn music behind that, and it'll be perfect. Was it excellent shot? Was it not? Matt? Yeah, it was. It was excellent. As <laughs> okay. So, so listen. So so do members of your family? Are there members of your family that aren't so much into the ghost, uh, you know, hunting as you are? Um. Yeah. I mean, what's it like at Thanksgiving? Do people, you know, get drunk and say, "Yeah, you and the, your fancy ghosts." <laughs> No, um, my family supports us pretty much. They really support us. Okay. Yeah, right. they support us, but they, they watch us all the time. So they're okay. used to it. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, funny stuff that we're doing when we're out there, but they're used to it. They t they listen and they follow us. So Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go around the horn because I know everyone has a question. I'm going to throw it to, I'll throw it to Switchy for us. Switchy, you must have some kind of a ghost related question. Well, I was wondering, do you uh, get into other aspects of the paranormal? Do you get into cryptids or UFOs at all? Uh, a lot of people see connections between, uh, well, for example, the people, a lot of the people that saw the Mothman back in the middle 60s, they would come home and they would have an out outbreak of poltergeist phenomena. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder if you guys are pretty much uh, focused on ghost investigation or do you look into other things as well? Um, we have went what is called squatching for big. Oh, ones. yeah. Okay. Yes. Here at um, Athens, Ohio. And we did find some prints that were pretty unique. And we have um, some Bigfoot researchers on our, um, actually on our paranormal site. Wow. And they were sharing it saying, yes, you know, it looks like exactly like a Bigfoot you guys might've found. Really? And plus I had an experience there with my husband. Go ahead. And we don't know if it was paranormal or, you know, or if it was Bigfoot. And this happened in Athens. Okay. And. It was very interesting, but I'm not going to get into it. Let's just say we had a some a huge rock thrown kind of towards us, and it hit this tree branch, and it 
broke off and we were the only ones there. Really? And yes. You and think Bigfoot we, was and involved? We in Athens. Big, huh? Athens, a Athens, you were over in Greece. You were on a trip to Greece when this happened and Bigfoot was over there. <laughs> that, that, that's um, actually a Mothman country. You go across the river and you're in Point Pleasant. Wow. See? So, so what were yeah, you and yeah, your husband doing? What, what were it you was, doing when someone? You know where the Moonville Tunnel is? Yes. Okay, it, we were right by there at the um, the, the furnace, uh, the furnace place. Um, it's where they used to burn the coal. Mm -hmm. It's right okay. by the Moonville Tunnel. Wow. We were right. right there on them trails back there. All right. And wow. that's when we had our experience. And the, you know what's so weird about it is, it was getting late, and this was in October. And we were the only ones who were there and we were on the trail and I didn't want to keep going straight. And we were kind of arguing over whether we were going to continue straight or we were going to turn and it would take us back out. Yes. Well, soon as uh, I'm like, okay, let's just go straight for a little longer. You we took, took like side. three or four steps. And yes. that's when whatever this was, a big rock come flying over and it hit this tree. Yes. I am not lying, you guys. I looked, my husband and me looked at each other and he said, run. Let's go. So let me ask you. <laughs> he, let me just, he took off, left me. Now, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Guys, let's, he let's, me. Let's go I'm back so to the first. Okay. So, <laughs> so you, you yeah. took his hey, advice. He was dead. Yeah. 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 Trail, trying to get out of there. He, I said, you left me. But we were wow. going down the hill. Is he there? Can we talk to him? You know, he, he's going to use the George Costanza. Yeah, right. You um, know, I was, from Seinfeld. He had to make a path. A path, right. Yes, he had to make a path so make it safe for you to follow. So, 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 so you took your husband's advice and you took four steps and that's when you had the boulder thrown at you, right? Where if he had, yes, if he had gone your he way, go that way. whatever it was. So wow. I'm guessing he's not termed the sensitive in the family. That's not the, uh, he's not the sensitive. <laughs> he's, he's not in tune with it. Right. Oh, he's not. He's is he sleeping? Skeptic. I mean, he's had experiences. Yeah, skeptics usually do leave the uh, emergency evacuation yeah. plan. They're usually out of the first. Well, he's good for self-preservation anyway. Yeah, right. He's been oh, sleeping in his car for three years. He knows how to survive. Right. So oh, listen. Like, he so, left me. He left like, you. Started, like, he couldn't stop because of the heel. How, it, I mean, oh, I remember oh, seeing him. Oh, there's the Costanza. He couldn't stop. But why would he leave you? Why? Why wouldn't he carry I, you out like Tarzan and carry Jane? Why not? He would have tumbled down that hill. Oh wow! Is he around? I was just so mad at him. Can like something could have got me, and you left me. Wow! There's a whole other show. Is he around? Is he there? Could we talk to him real quick? Get his he's at work. Oh, he's he at work. work. Is he also? Is he also a, a corrections does. officer? He yeah, he's a lieutenant. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Go. Okay, right. Does he have fun with the prisoners as well? Uh, well, he's got it harder because he's a lieutenant, but, uh, I wouldn't say fun, okay. but all right. You know. Well, fun is fun. So, uh, okay. So, uh, hey, club, you must have a question or two, clubby. You know, one of the things I've always wondered about is you've, I've heard situations where ghost hunters will sometimes have an entity follow them home. Uh, have you ever had any situation like that where anything's come along for the ride, you might say? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Didn't you have something? Uh, something was in your car. In the trunk. Left. In the trunk, maybe. Go ahead. Didn't something happen at your house? I have things follow me home. Really? Yes. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yes. From where? Where yeah, are you? Go on they? and on. But okay. okay. All right. Don't worry. You hey, can I, was, I was nowhere near there. Just so you know. <laughs> 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 he has a face that house? looks like you have them in the house? Mm-hmm. Did I they really, huh? I them crawl in my bed. Actually. Did you have oh. to do anything? Oh. Hang on. Hang on. Is this missing time? Thanks to Grey Goose or something like that? You can tell us. You guys, um, I've had lots of stuff happen here. I, they've, I've heard them call my name. Um, they've crawled in my bed, and it, I mean, it freaked me out. I've had that more than once. Yeah, I it's common. I've heard that. Is it really? Yeah, okay. We're in the wrong business, apparently. Go ahead. 
<laughs> they don't, I don't, they like at night when I go to bed, I can feel something touching my bed or walking around my bed. But for that most part, I don't really sense anything. Really? Yeah. They was, like to flirt with chastity. Okay. Well, okay. they do. They play with her hair and, <laughs> and have you had your butt smacked? Okay, here we go. I, I have, I, 42, 39. All right. Yes. I'm just checking the schedule, Mac, okay. for the next show that We're they free. can be on. I'm, yeah. I'm running through that right now. Cancel everybody. <laughs> it's okay. always in the last couple of minutes. They'll understand. This is where we get the breakthroughs. Right. You know what I mean? And the audience needs to know more. Right. We what have to know more out? and perhaps a little music. Actually, um, what was that place called in uh, Galleon? Um, Who it is? That bar? Where, um, <laughs> Fox Saloon? Yes. What was oh, that? no, that's for Cyrus. Fox Saloon? Yes, the Fox Saloon. The, but the, what was that place? Easy Speak. An yeah, easy, easy Speak. Where Al Capone. Oh, speak easy. Go ahead. Speak easy. Sorry, I was saying it wrong. But anyhow, this was um, where he actually hung out. Yes. And he had a seat where he always would sit when he was there. I, I actually did um, my spiritual writing in that seat. And during that writing, people were saying my face was changing. It was creepy, really? guys. Was he giving you yes. a football swing? Were you talking to Al? Uh -huh. Go ahead, please, club. No, I thought she said her face was changing. Yes. Wondered if she got a scar on her face. Did you get a scar? <laughs> Did you That's not funny, I know. No, no. Um, what, what, what oh, because was the he changes, was scar though? What do you mean by changing? What do you mean? I don't know. People that was watching said it looked like my, my face looked like it was changing when I was doing the writing. I, I mean, like, like a grimace, maybe? Yeah. My, I mean, I felt the spirit taking me over when I was writing, but I didn't realize any thing going on here but it, it could have been multiple things you could probably debunk it for the camera or you know mm -hmm. just, any, it could be it wasn't a been pout was it a pout was it a pout a pout yeah that's <laughs> not that's not very okay, listen all i can say I think we should give up an al capone pouting we should know, give up know. ufos and start <laughs> with ghosts so uh switchy you must have uh, one last uh, question in six minutes and 13 seconds uh one last question um um okay i can i have one Matt. go ahead but, yeah, go. <laughs> okay. thanks thank you you're both uh women with careers have your clients ever reacted to you in this thing that you do when you're not at work have you had any interaction where people pick up on the fact that you may have had the uh, grimace face of al capone so to speak uh some physical altercations with poltergeist you know has I mean? anyone ever just been with you and just kind of looked at you guys and said uh, there's something different are you me. asking if they become possessed all of a sudden during their workday life? No, 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 uh, Switchy. I, I'm still working on my question. We'll take yours next. <laughs> I was just trying to clarify your question because, okay, uh, you know, right. in case I didn't understand. Cobra does not need any clarification. There you Switch. go. Yeah, Switchy. How dare you? So, well, that's uh, your opinion, one one. Do you have a Billy? Do you have Billy clubs there? Do you have Billy clubs uh, at the, the, at the okay, joint? So you ladies have not had anything ever come up like that. I haven't. Okay. Are you what? Okay, let me see if I'm understanding what you're asking here. Okay. Are you asking if um, we've ever acted like something was maybe attached to us and it changed how we work? Some, sometimes when you meet people, you pick mm -hmm. up on a aura that they have. And I mean, yeah. obviously, through the magic of Zoom, you, you obviously have fantastic personalities, and you guys are very, uh, very nice. vivacious. Would be the good word to use. Vivacious. vivacious. I'm curious though if anyone has ever, you know spoke to you or made a, uh, a contact with you that they pick up on you know, something that you don't advertise when you're at work, what you do for this advocation you guys have. Someone says, well, you know, there's just something about you and they go off into something and they lead to becoming clients or if they have that. Do, 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 let me clarify. Do paranormal guys hit on you? That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> in a bar. Two girls walk in a bar. <laughs> the third one, one ducked. One looks yeah. like uh, a ghost hunter. The other one looks like... Uh, 
Well, somebody who just saw Satan just a few minutes ago. I mean, ago. So, so in other words, what I think what Coco was saying is like, if when people see you and they, they have this kind of knowledge that you have this kind of knowledge, whether it's evil or good, can they pick you out of a crowd and say, they're the ghost sisters, they're the ghost hunters? When we go and marry and we, people like, I went into, with my business, I work with business owners. I'm an independent business owner, so I go help out other businesses. Okay. I went into a business yesterday and this one lady's like, you're one of the ghost sisters. Wow, that's so cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes, we do when we go places, not just in our um, hometown, but right. yeah, people recognize us. Right. Even with a mask on, we're recognized. Really? Hey, let me ask yeah. you, let me ask both of you a question. We're getting to the end of the uh, show. Uh, what did you girls have for breakfast today? Let's just see how this goes. Nutrisystem. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's a good ad. Okay. And, and, and you, Mandy, please. I just had um, when I, I eat these uh, meals. Um, they're called smart ones. And okay. Yes. It's just potatoes and bacon and cheese. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, wow. Right. Switchy. Good. She'll yeah. give you a run for your money there with the with the bacon and the cheese every day, every morning. And you're yeah, I'm, I'm a, a busy guy. I mean, I you know I can't uh, you know sometimes I just have to have a piece of pie and okay. run. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. Now switch. And we're getting to the end of the show, and I have a couple of announcements to make. But listen, switch. Next week, in honor of your donut, uh, your breakthrough, please go out to lunch and send us the bill. Okay. All right. Go out to breakfast. I mean, breakfast. Okay. Capiche? Take an exit is. Okay. You got a GoPro camera to uh, justify your um your expense account? Uh, Say what? Nothing. A GoPro? Anyway, well, he's got to wear a GoPro while he eats. I, I have to say this. Can I, I'll just uh, take a picture of the bill. Okay. Good idea. Okay. Yeah. Right, we'll <laughs> hey, Matt, that. can I get one in on the announcements? Yes. yes, please. Go. We're recording on the 230th anniversary of the United States Coast Guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, be a couple of weeks, but I'd like to remind everyone that serves the Coast Guard. Thank you for their service. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, we, we haven't saluted him in a long time there, Juan Juan. Let's yeah. do it. Let's oh, yeah. Go, that, that's okay? completely out. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's come on. Let's start a new habit. Ready? Juan Juan, call it off, please. We're going to salute Coco. Ready? Go. Okay. Ready. Okay. Ten. So, Mandy Chastity, I was in the military, and uh, we don't you can tell by the salutes who was and who wasn't in the military. Let's just <laughs> I was, and I salute awful. Jeez. Hey, look, at, at let me just say this. I've seen this. Cub Scouts. I've seen Cub Scouts yeah, well, that's, that, are, that are sharper. That's another show. Look. Right. Uh, my, publisher, my publisher is good going to be mad out. if I don't say this. Uh, there is a special Goodreads competition going on now where – if you go to MacMaloney.com, you'll be able to push the star, they tell me. It'll bring you to a page where you can sign up to get uh, autographed copies of Mac Maloney's codename Stam and the Kalishnikov Kiss, Juan Juan. Mm, love it. Juan Juan and uh, also Coco characters in the book. Okay, heroes, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, that silence. The silence is deadening. We'll let that, edit that out. And uh, you can, uh, in, in we will uh, autograph the book, as it turns out. We will autograph the book. So just go to MacMorning.com, hit the star. It'll give you, I think you just sign up, and uh, you'll be one of hundreds or thousands of people picked randomly to get an autographed copy of the book. The Kalishnikov Kiss, called Name Star Man, on sale on Amazon and bookstores everywhere. Okay? This is going to be a solid month of Mac, is what the publisher told me, wanting. Okay. Okay. All right. It's a Mac attack. Is that what it's Mac? overdue. Overdue. Thank you, uh, Coco. Uh, so, uh, well, thank you, girls, for joining us tonight. The Ghost Sisters. Okay. Definitely. Uh, and and we'll light we'll light your scene a little better next time. Okay. Let's put some spotlights on you. All right. Okay. All right. And tell your husband we want to talk to him. All right. Okay. Okay. He would. Uh, yeah. He no. would. He's far enough so, away, right? Thank you, Mandy. Can you put this on our page so people? Oh our yes. Fans oh yep. We're uh, definitely wanting to hear this. Juan Juan is your friend for life. Believe me, you'll be seeing a lot of him as a time. He's our <laughs> he's our customer he's relations. He's kind of an entity kind of problem. No, no honey, he'll see. You'll see him one way or another. What is your What is your page, by the way? Yes, Facebook. Yes. Yep. Yes, and we're on all social media too. Okay, okay. ghostsisters.com, Is it? 
Go Sisters Facebook. Facebook, Facebook okay. and yeah. Instagram too. Yep, Twitter yep. and even um, Got a YouTube as well. YouTube. The Ghost Sisters. Just Google the Ghost Sisters. Right. Thank you. So, so Cobra, are you saying that Juan Juan's the kind of guy that might follow them home after an investigation? Don't say that. Don't say it. It's inappropriate. Watch this this weekend because it's going to be good. You guys are not going to want to miss this weekend. We are going to a place. Have you heard of the Dragon Portal Table? No. I haven't. No. Where is it? Well, come on. I can't give too much information, but this guy, he's like, it's in Bristol, Tennessee. Okay. This guy has been collecting haunted objects all around the world. Nice. I mean, artifacts. Oh, my gosh. And they, him and another guy, built a table. It weighs 7,000 pounds, and it was created to do seances. Huh. It is called the Dragon Portal Table. Yes. It has fire. They have, like... It's on our Facebook. You can get on there and you look at it. you got to check okay. this out. Well, come back. So come back in a couple of weeks and tell I'm us what happened, paper. okay? All right? Come back in a couple of weeks and give us a report, all right? Oh, we can do that. Okay. Thank you, Ghost Sisters. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really livened up our show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good job. Uh, Willie Club, thank you for looking in on us again tonight. Thank you, Willie. Quite welcome. Okay. Uh, Are we better than the Red Sox? Yes or no? Real quick. Anything's better than the Red Sox. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Switchy, thank you for uh, joining us tonight. You and your pie. Okay. Uh, Thanks for having me. Okay. Next week, just get breakfast and and send the bill to Juan Juan, okay? Will do. No problem. Thank you. Coco, thank you. The Pope, thank you, Coco. Do you want to give us your blessing real quick? Can you give us a little quick blessing, please, Coco? God's peace. It, 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 it's all understanding only and one, Only one one would step on a prayers. You know? Oh, okay. ecumenical. That's <laughs> one one. Okay. Time for the plugs. Time for the plugs. Then they do the plugs. They do. Oh, um, oh. we're a podcast now. Our podcast download numbers are off the, you know, off the chart. Thank you very much for everyone listening to us and uh, downloading the podcast and uh, talking about donuts, which everyone seems to agree on everyone likes. Um, we are on 16 different podcast platforms. Name them there, Wani, right? I love well, podcasts. Podbean, Stitcher, yeah, yeah. iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio. Spotify. and uh, iHeartRadio. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. The girls, the girls, sisters. And if you say to your Alexa, uh, Alexa, play Mac Maloney's Military Exiles show on Apple Podcasts, which lots of people listen to us on, you will hear us to the magic of Alexa. So uh, I think those are the plugs, right? Uh, Collision of yeah. Kiss, go to MacMaloney.com, yeah. hit the star, get more info about that. And uh, we want to thank our good friend Victor Wap who's uh, joined us tonight uh, talking about Star Trek, all things Star Trek. Also, Phil O'Bain telling us that great story about uh, how Monopoly helped uh, prisoners of war in World War II. Plus, we also have to say thank you to Lois Lane, who joined us tonight Absolutely. earlier on the show. And um, thank you, Juan Juan. Thank you all, uh, everybody. Thank you, everyone out there listening to us. You're and, welcome. We live for this. And until you hear Pleasure us next time, this is Mac for the entire gang, including the Ghost Sisters, saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>